Animaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and the family was out of town for a few days. I was home alone. Ah! I got a lot of things done. I got three episodes of the podcast recorded over the course of two days, because I like to be efficient when I have lots of time to myself, I rewatched the entire first season of Santa Clarita Diet, which maybe is not quite as efficient, but they're only half-hour episodes. It's not a huge deal. Five hours uh, over the course of three days home alone is not that big a deal. So I rewatched it, and it is even better the second time. I highly recommend it if you have not watched it. And I highly recommend you keep your eye, once it is made available, on the Dragon Con schedule. Because maybe it's possible that I could be on a panel about the show. Uh, Nothing is for sure at Dragon Con until it just happened. And even then, there might be questions. Uh, And two of those podcasts that are recorded. One is tonight's, which is our recap of the events of San Diego Comic-Con from afar. We did something a little different this year. Uh, I didn't want to do two separate episodes because next week starts our Dragon Con coverage here at Needless Things. So what I did is I had Ryan and Jay and Josh on, and we did uh, we, we did it sort of by rounds. We each brought a few topics that we wanted to discuss, and we kind of just went around and each hit on something, whether it was comics, movies, toys, whatever. So it's a little more well-rounded discussion than you might be used to from our Comic-Con coverage, but... I think we had a little bit more fun doing it, and there were no portions where we felt like we were slogging through something just to get the information across. Now, obviously, this means we did not cover as many toy announcements, but if you want a little more toy coverage, then you can go to needlessthingsite.com and look at my post from this past Monday, and I, I run down my favorite of the toy announcements from Comic-Con. And there were, there was a good amount of stuff this year. Okay, so uh, moving on. This past Tuesday, Warner Brothers finally revealed Batman Mask of the Phantasm on Blu-ray. My copy came. I've not watched it yet because the family was out of town and I wanted to wait until we could all watch it together. But I just want to let you know it is sitting right here. It is a very affordable, as of right now, seventeen ninety-nine. And if you would like to get your own copy of the best theatrically released Batman movie, go to NeedlessThingsSite.com. Click on the big Amazon box in the top right corner. Uh, go in there and order your copy of Batman Mask of the Phantasm. It doesn't cost you any extra, but everything you order through that little Amazon square on NeedlessThingsSite.com kicks back a little bit of money to Needless Things uh, to help pay for hosting and everything else that we do here. So I would appreciate it if you could find it within yourself to do that. All right, and finally, speaking of Dragon Con, and I say finally because we've got a packed show today. Uh, we've got Ryan, Jay, and Josh 
talking about Comic-Con, and then we've got a special drop-in segment with Mr. Bo Brown talking about Super 7's Masters of the Universe lineup that was revealed at Comic-Con that will follow that up. So lots of stuff to get to. So the last thing I'm going to say before we kick it straight into the show is Dragon Con is right around the corner, just over a month away, uh, barely over a month away. And I have a lot of exciting news coming up. I will be sharing some of it here, some of it at supportphantom.com via my exclusive podcasts, and some of it maybe Instagram, whatever. So find me on social media. Uh, that's Phantom Troublemaker on Twitter, Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram, L Phantasmus with a PH on Facebook. And I know it's confusing and I know it's too much, uh, but that's just how social media was when I set all this stuff up. Uh, go to the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group for everything happening with Needless Things and with Phantom Troublemaker and for conversation. You know, we got a lot of people that post in there, uh, movie trailers, commentary, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's fun. Uh, and I encourage conversation there, but friendly conversation and no politics. Uh, so my final note before we kick it straight into the show is Friday, at 1 p.m. at DragonCon, you are going to want to keep an eye on that slot. I have something very special planned. And that's all I'm going to say. And now it's time to go directly into coverage of the 2017 San Diego Comic-Con. Comic books, movies, toys. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. I hope you guys enjoy it. that time of year again san diego comic-con has come and gone although i guess it's technically not over yet but this is the only night that we have to talk about it so we have gathered the needless things irregulars around the old skype machine to talk about what we saw over the weekend and since last wednesday at san diego as all of the publishers toy manufacturers and movie studios uh, put on their best to impress the nerds uh, joining us tonight First of all, our head of research, Ryan, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Uh, glad to be here. Ready to talk about all the big news. And, and there is. Like, it, it was, it was a pretty decent year. And there, there's, it's not so much that there's a ton of it, but that there are a few things that are pretty big holy shit things. Yeah. Also joining us, belligerent monkey Jay Hornsby. Welcome back to the show. Welcome you and your beard back to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You've you've got uh you've got exactly two things to discuss, if that. But I, but I'm sure you can offer your wise <laughs> input on uh, any other topics that make. Yeah. Up. So did something happen this weekend? I wasn't really paying attention. That's that's okay. You're you're just here to look pretty. Yeah. On the podcast, and finally, our pal from the oncoming storm podcast, Mr. Josh Wilson. Welcome back to the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And I, I know I, I, I hate it because sometimes I kind of stereotype you guys a little bit because there, there are a couple of topics that I know, like, this is Josh's thing, this is Ryan's thing. But then, you know, when it comes around, yes, indeed, that is what we're going to talk about. So that being the case, uh, I am curious, Josh, before we started the call, you were mentioning something. So I want you to go ahead and lead us off. Uh, with your first item of interest from San Diego Comic-Con. Well, uh, I, I guess I'm stereotyped as the robot guy, and uh, 
<laughs> we lead off with uh, Asma's my uh, specialty every year with the Transformers. And so we've got, of course, this is the tail end of a movie year, so we're going to forget about all that nonsense because nobody really cares about all that movie stuff. They really I, didn't this year, though. Like, yeah. I didn't hear anything about that last movie. Because it's the worst movie ever made. Oh, that's yeah. right. You saw it. <laughs> Ryan, you saw it. Quick, you paid good money to see it. Quick. Even I haven't seen it yet because I just I refuse to pay that money for that. I mean, I know I've hosted this, but it is the only movie I've walked out to. It made me angry. Like, it put me in a bad mood and gave me a headache. And, like, I came home, my wife was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, it hurt my brain to, like, watch it. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so mad. But anyway. Uh. All right, so let, let's let's put the the weird Anthony Hopkins Transformers Night movie behind <laughs> us and look ahead to the future. All right, so we've got the final in what they consider to be their Prime Wars trilogy starting up this year. So we had Combiner Wars, which featured all of the combining robots, and then we had Titans Return, which featured all of the Headmaster robots. Now the next year they're doing what is called the Power of the Primes, and this seems to be focusing on instead of like Headmasters, they have little robots that turn into like little matrices of leadership and power and whatever they all are so all the robots have a little cavity in their chest where they can put these things into this seems to be what they're they're going with uh the uh big one being a they have a leader class was a giant rodimus prime which features a regular size hot rod that basically the rest of it is a bunch of power armor he puts himself on turn into rodimus prime so he's bigger and has the matrix of leadership he comes with the matrix of leadership so they're kind of Looks, incorporating that trailer thing into the figure a little bit more this time. Right. So like the like the base figure is just like regular old hot rod, so he turns into a little car. But then like the trailer he comes with that he pulls along with then forms the armor around him, kind of like a ultra magnesy type of thing. So he puts his armor on, he becomes Rodimus Prime. That's actually really cool because I was never I, I always liked the old Rodimus Prime figure just because it was it was one of the taller figures and it had a pretty nice humanoid form but like as a vehicle without the trailer it was terrible mm -hmm. yeah so the speculation is that's going to be a, a big deal with uh, the Transformers coming out next year in that it will it will deal a lot with smaller robots that like fit into larger robots they actually have a new pretender coming out in this line, which if you don't remember back in the days, there used to be uh, Transformers Pretenders, which was you had a little robot and it had a little plastic shell that went over it so they could like look human. And so they've got one of these coming out with the name of Skullgrim, which is a guy with a big giant skull head. And the robot like goes inside of the little shell and then you can pull the robot out. Um, it was one of the more unusual bits of Transformers lore, and I guess just going back to the well <laughs> for why not. Uh, but I mean, then, then there's a new, uh, Starscream coming out along with it that also will have the place for to put a little matrix in his chest and things like that. And, uh, a new, uh, jazz. Uh, I don't think anybody, I mean, we haven't had a jazz figure in, uh, quite some time. So this one looks like it's going to be a, a nice souped up deluxe version of jazz. But those I, are the, the main ones. I was always a sucker for the, for the tiny robot gimmicks though. Like I, I, my biggest, time of interest in Transformers and probably the biggest number of Transformers I had was when they started doing like the Headmasters, the Target Masters, the Power Masters. Like I, I really liked the little interacting robots. I always thought that was cool. And I think part of it was because 
I always wanted pilots for the vehicles. And, right. and obviously that's not really something they, they needed to do or should have bothered to do. But this kind of gave you the, the, the pilots in a way. And I always liked that. Yeah, so and and to go along with these new figures, we also have a new animated series that which is aimed towards a older crowd that is going to be online. I think through um, Machina, I believe is doing it again. But um, last time they they did they did one last year for Combiner Wars, which I didn't think was all that great. Uh, the voice acting in it was pretty bad. The animation was not so great. But it looks like they're pumping more money into this new one. They've actually got Peter Cullen to come in and voice Optimus Prime, and they're bringing back Judd Nelson to voice Hot Rod again. So, and that's all. Awesome. That yeah, that, that's all you need to get me to at least check out a new Transformers cartoon. So that'll be out later in the year. And it's got uh, some decent voice actors, and it's got Michael Dorn in it. I don't know who he's playing, but Michael Dorn. And then, of course, so, you can't have an Somebody with a deep voice. <laughs> right. And you can't have an animated show without Nolan North in it, so he's going to be in it as well. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. Hopefully it works out better, um, at least has some better uh, voice actors in it. So I'm pretty happy about that. And then, of course, um, we've probably talked about this previously, but they just got released at San Diego, which is the huge Trypticon um, robot that uh, is the Decepticon version hanging out with uh, the, you know, Fortress Maximus and the Metroplex that came out with. Your big city dinosaur monster thing. exactly. So those are the big ones from San Diego. So I guess I'll turn it over to somebody else. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you. And I like uh, you just said Judd Nelson, and now I'm excited about Transformers again. Although <laughs> I've got to say, I mean, the current the the last couple of lines have had like the headmasters and stuff going on, and I see them in the store, and I'm like, ah, no, no more Transformers. But the the one figure that every time I see it, I pick it up and I hold it and I'm almost going to buy it. And then I'm like, no, no more Transformers. Is that new Brawn that they just did, the $10 price point Brawn? Yeah, that's a great figure. Oh, it, it really so is. so good. I mean, well, that and the uh, the two small, uh, the red and the yellow cars, uh, they, they just look really great. But I can't do it. No more Transformers for me. <laughs> but uh, Ryan, maybe you've got a little something I can get into. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um so the first thing I want to talk about, I know we're going to talk about toys a lot, um, so we'll get to that. But for me, I think the biggest story that I saw coming out of San Diego that I haven't seen covered in a whole lot of places, which I'm surprised, on Friday, DC Comics had their big panel with Jim Lee and uh, Dan, you know, however you want to say it, Didio, Didio. 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 I said Didio because I had a teacher in third grade whose last name was Didio, so that's – that's the only way for me. Yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend watching the video of the panel. Um, really? But it started with, we have to stop the collapse of the comic book industry. It is coming. Um, it was the most unusual, honest panel I've ever seen. Um, they talked very – oh, goodness. Hold on one second. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They uh, talked very honestly about declining sales, um, that the bubble is going to burst, um, and that people no longer access these characters through the movie or through the comics anymore. Um, DC has announced they are moving towards doing what they're calling evergreen stories. 
So what it looks like, the plan oh, is... I, I saw a mention of that, but yeah. like you said, very little follow-up. Like it was just kind of a Jim Lee mentions Evergreen shit, and that was it. Yeah, I, I didn't see any of that. What's, uh, what's Evergreen? So what it's, it's going like to be... Yep, they are going to start moving towards telling artists and writers, okay, you write us a Batman story. And it is free of continuity. It is just write a Batman story, kind of like they were doing with All Star and with Earth One and kind of all those kind of initiatives. But, you know, and DC was very honest about that the collapse in part is definitely their fault, that stories are not accessible, that continuity has just weighed down way too much, and that they're going event to event to event. And if you aren't on the train, you're done for. and so I, I, I mean, thought that's how it's very interesting. comics is because of that. You know, it's yep. the the big uh, New Fifty Two. It served as a jumping off point, not a jumping on point for me. Yeah, and, well, uh, and that's what yep. Marvel is consistently doing now by launching and relaunching books every time. Like I'm reading a book that I enjoy, and then they say, "All right, we're we're, we're six issues in. Two months from now, we're relaunching with a new number one." I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm out." And so, I mean, part of it is, you know, Scott Snyder, when he stepped down from Batman, that's kind of where this is starting. Um, he is going to start to help do a lot of it. Um, I know that they announced another one that I'm surprised that's not getting more press is that Frank Miller has announced with James Romano Jr. that they're doing Superman Year One, um, which is also part of this initiative, I guess. Real quick, I've um, got to say for a second, I thought you said Scott Steiner stepped down uh, from doing Batman. Scott Steiner. And yeah, for a yeah. minute, I want to read Scott Steiner's Batman, but then I realized it would just be the, the original all-star Batman. <laughs> the greatest comic book ever made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's very interesting. They, uh, they talked about gimmicks. They talked about raising prices, variant covers, and straight from Didio, he said, we have got to stop. We are a dying business. Like that is his quote. Let's uh, let's um, take a little sidetrack here, real quick, because you kind of glossed over one of the most insane announcements to come out of San Diego Comic Con, and that is Frank Miller uh, writing Superman Year One. That boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just unpack that. Fifteen years ago, I would have been like pumped, all excited. Oh, Frank Miller writing a year one. This is going to be great. But we were at 2017 Frank Miller, who... Yeah, it's going to be awful. The story's probably going to involve, like, Lois Lane being called a whore, and who knows what's going to happen. Before you got on the phone, we were trying to figure out, like, is it Lana Lang that moves to Metropolis and becomes a prostitute? Like, how how is that going to happen? Never never go full Miller. Yeah. Well, and I enjoyed that, or I am enjoying. It. I don't know. If it's not all the way done, but the Dark Knight Three, the Master Race thing, I've actually kind of enjoyed that. Well, now, he's he's had Brian Azriello uh, was helping him on that, so right. it was like maybe toning down the weirdness just a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. We'll see how that one goes. <laughs> this, this is I, this is a tough one for me because I've actually. Uh, for for years now, I think we we've talked about it a few times. I've actually been advocating taking certain characters and just doing miniseries when there is a creative team that has a solid idea, like th- like they've been doing with Dead Man lately. 
We've gotten a couple of Dead Man miniseries lately, and it's because a creative team came along and we're like, hey, we've got a Dead Man story we want to tell. And and I think for probably seven characters, that is a more intelligent way to go. Like, you can have an ongoing Batman book, a Superman book, obviously. You should be able to have an ongoing Justice League, but for some reason, uh, they they can't seem to find a good formula for that lately. But, like, most comic book characters out there can't sustain an ongoing, as far as multi-year title. And I think it would be very smart. And it would also play into how they like to write things for graphic novels now, which I hate using that word, but it's the word for trade paperbacks. Uh, you know, you can have these 6 or 12 issue arcs where the creative team goes in, gives it their all for that 6 or 12 issues, and then they're done. And they don't have to find some second-tier lackluster team just to keep the title going when the originators are done with it. Uh, I think this is not necessarily a bad idea, and I'm I'm actually really impressed that DC has kind of twigged onto it and, and considered adopting it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a stark contrast from what Marvel talked about all weekend. I mean, Marvel is pushing this legacy generations thing. That's you know this year long story with the vernac- whatever they're called, the vernacular covers and all that stuff. I, I don't and even so- understand what they're trying to do. No, they they <sighs> they have yet to say anything that appeals to me in any way regarding this this whole thing. Yeah. And then also a DC that I just thought was hilarious. Did y'all see the announcement about their new book, The Terrifics? Yes. Oh, yes. That was we, funny. Uh, yes, we were talking about that prior to prior to the call. God, they might as well write "fuck you, Marvel" on the cover. Well, tell, <laughs> tell us, Ryan. is Fantastic Four. Since you're since you're talking DC, Ryan, why don't you tell us and the listeners what the Terrifics is? So the Terrifics will be a new super team <laughs> led by Mr. Terrific with Metamorpho, uh, Phantom Lady, and Plastic, Plastic Man. Man. All in matching, suspicious, white costumes that definitely look like the Hickman Fantastic Four costumes. Um, the, the idea of the book seems like it's fantastic for – they're basically looking at Marvel, seeing that Marvel is obviously not publishing Fantastic Four, and they're going to run with it. Well, and and the most interesting part – well, I guess not interesting, but the, the part of it that I guess sticks out the most is the fact that Jeff Lemire is going to be writing it, and mm-hmm. he's already writing uh, one of the greatest sort of tributes slash uh, – I don't want to say deconstruction because that word's too fancy, but Black Hammer is basically every superhero story you've ever read, like every superhero team story. The They're very clear analogs for all the characters we know, Superman, Martian Manhunter, uh, and he he understands the mythology of superheroes. So if anybody can do a sort of alternate version or takeoff or whatever you want to call it of the Fantastic Four, I think Jeff Lemire is the one that can do it. And the the best Fantastic Four stories of the last couple of decades are probably going to be coming from DC. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was pretty much all of it. It was just, it's very interesting to see DC and Marvel breaking up so much like this. They're going to look like two completely separate 
ideas about how comics should work. Well, and that's exciting because it means they'll be competing in a in a much more earnest and recognizable way than they have in a very long time because they, yeah. they're actually going to have, you know, not just their different stables of characters, but entirely different publishing strategies. And I think that's great because, you know, just that will benefit the market in finding out, you know, what the readers want. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, Josh, uh, Jay, you guys got any thoughts about DC's move here? No, I mean, I I wasn't really reading any DC right now, so it's not going to change uh, based on the stuff. You know, maybe, maybe if there's some good trade paperbacks, you know, I'll, I'll pick up here and there. I got to tell you, man, DC's stuff uh, since Rebirth, or at least everything that I'm reading, has been fantastic. I, yeah. I am enjoying DC Comics more than I have in a very, very long time. I mean, I'm a DC guy. I always have been. And so I'm kind of steeped in that whole lore and continuity for, you know, 30 some odd years now. So I'm probably going to stick with it no matter what they do. Um, so hopefully this is a way to kind of branch the, cause I mean, like as long as you're, you're getting the talent and you're like doing good stories, like, I don't care. It's like reading about the characters and I just want yeah. it to be good. Yes. So I don't need like all this continuity. Together. I mean, I'm, I'm all, all for it. If it works out for them, great. As long as they're publishing stuff for me to keep reading, then I'll be happily support it. Well, and if you look at the way that DC has handled their animated features, they've taken a similar approach where they, they put together a good creative team. They figure out the story they want to tell, and sometimes it lines up with the other features, and sometimes it's its own thing, but it's all about the quality of the product as opposed to making sure it lines up with a very specific way of doing things. And I think that could definitely be successful in the comic books as well. All right, so I am going to bring up toys because I have to. I had to get on this. I'm so excited about Super Seven as a company, but I don't want to. I don't want to discuss everything that Super Seven had. Now, did you guys see any of their stuff over the weekend as you were looking around? Uh, I definitely checked out the He-Man stuff. Well, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to discuss He-Man because I'm hoping I can get uh, Bo Brown on for a separate separate segment that we can attach to the show uh, to talk about Masters for you know two or three hours. Uh, for, for the six <laughs> figures they showed. Um, but what I want to talk about first here, I'm going to narrow it down and talk about Super 7's reaction figures. Uh, they originated the reaction brand with their line of Kenner alien reproductions, and then Funko came along and recognized the value of it and exploited the shit out of it. And I, I, I don't say that in a negative way. Uh, Funko came in with their bevy of licenses, their access to basically every nerd franchise on the planet. Uh, they produced the shit out of reaction figures. They saturated the market. And then they said, okay, we do what we wanted to do. Um, Super 7, take your reaction brand back. And what Super 7 has done now, now that we've seen every franchise imaginable represented in this format, Super 7 is doing original franchises and they're kind of digging deep into uh different corners of of genre fandom to pull out things that maybe we haven't seen licensed before or things that uh we haven't seen in this format they're doing the same thing with their muscle 
uh, line because they actually do own the muscle brand now or they licensed it from Mattel. Uh, but I want to talk about the reaction figures that they showed, which were a Halloween line, an Iron Maiden line, and a Robotech line. Now, first, I want to talk about the Halloween line because I had no idea this was coming. Uh, I follow Super 7 pretty closely, and this surprised me. They're doing a line. It's not Halloween the movie. It's Halloween the holiday. So it's kind of a, a blanket line for anything that's a little spooky or creepy. And the first wave of these Halloween figures, which is supposed to hit this year in the fall, is going to be Alfred Hitchcock, the Crimson Ghost or the Misfits Fiend, whatever you want to call him. Nosferatu and King Diamond, which is the strangest lineup of action figures ever seen, but is such an awesome, like, collective of holiday appropriate things. Like, I, I love this idea that they're just going to gather up sort of random spooky things and put them under this one banner line. I think it's great. And they had prototypes uh, on display of all of those except for King Diamond. And it seems like since Super 7 has taken reaction back over, they're, they're still the basic five points of articulation, but they're putting a little more into the sculpt, a little more into the paint, and unfortunately, there is a higher price point with them coming from Super 7 now, but the figures are noticeably uh, a higher quality. What's the uh, new price? Is it 15 Yeah, it's 15 um, but, but I will say this, I ordered, uh, they did, they've got an original line called the worst, which I, I'm sure you guys have seen. It's uh, hilarious. Yeah. I've got uh, a set. I got the glow in the dark. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Set. I got, I got the same set. Yeah. We, and, we talked about it in one of the last podcasts we were on and, uh, while we were in the middle of the podcast, I ordered, ordered <laughs> I was looking at it online. Like this is too cool. Not to well, have. Did, did you see? Hang on just a minute for a sip of beverage. Had to moisten my throat there. Um, did you see what they had at Comic-Con, though? Uh, I know they announced a new line of them, uh, but the no, I didn't. Star Black Wars. Falcon. They're Star Wars. They're in colors of the original vintage Star Wars figures. <laughs> so so the, the Death Reaper robot one looks like a Jawa. Um one of them is painted like Greedo. One of them is painted like a Rebel pilot. Like they're the same figures, but the paint jobs are exactly the vintage Star Wars figure paint jobs. They look awesome. They yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, they look great. Yeah. yeah, the one they painted like Darth Vader is my favorite. So, like, what Super Seven has done is is they've taken this brand back. And they've added a cool factor to it that Funko did not have. Funko was totally banking on their licenses. Super 7 is banking on, this is some cool shit like you've never seen before. Which is, the Halloween line is very much that. And I totally expect that they'll do the same thing that they're doing with the worst and offer different color variations. So you'll have a Crimson Ghost that's all red, one that's all black. You know, that I, I and, and I'm fine with that because... It's a way to keep a line cool and interesting and get the most out of the sculpts that they create. Uh, the next one is Iron Maiden, a, a line of reaction Iron Maiden figures. Of course, they're all Eddie. Uh, they're doing Aces High, obviously Power Slave. Uh, the Trooper and Killers are the first wave. And 
I mean, Iron Maiden is obviously something that fits into this era, the sweet spot of nostalgia that these figures come from. These looked great. I'm excited about them. I don't know that I'll buy them, but it's just cool to see that they're out there. And Iron Maiden is basically seeing a huge resurgence right now, so there are enough Iron Maiden fans that this this thing's going to do gangbusters. Uh, and then finally, Robotech, which I knew that Super 7 was doing muscle versions of Robotech because they're doing muscle versions of everything, which is actually an ingenious way of recreating the weirdness of the original muscle toys because you've got robots and aliens and superheroes and wrestlers and everything else. Uh, but I did not know that they were doing reaction Robotech figures. And while they don't transform, the aesthetics... You know, they're not sticking to that slim humanoid aesthetic of all the other reaction figures. They actually look like the Veritech robots and the SDF one. SDF one, is that right? Yes. Um, they, they have the correct shapes. They're just the scale of the reaction toys and they have the prototypes on display and they look awesome. And I'm really excited to see these things once they're kind of finalized and painted. So it was just, it was really exciting to see these three very different uh, properties all together and to see what Super 7 is willing to branch out and do with this reaction brand. It's just, it's just a bummer that they're 15 bucks a piece. But what I was saying before is that having bought a set of the worst, every time I walk by them, I'm delighted that I have them. Like they feel more special for being what they are. So you kind of get your value out of them as opposed to the reaction figures, which are just 10 bucks and all standing on the shelf. And I like them. They're cool. But I don't get that same feeling of like, oh, I've got this cool thing that not a lot of people have. Because anybody that went to Barnes & Noble and spent $2 has a reaction Jason Voorhees. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Did you, so uh, those of you that did see this stuff while we were poking around over the weekend, uh, wh- what did you think of it? What do you think of Super 7 having reaction back and how they're handling it? I mean, I, there, it's a line that I I want. But that price tag keeps me from going in just with all my other stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Like Super 7 getting them back is the best thing that could have happened. Um, obviously, it didn't work with Funko having it. They were everywhere, but well, I'm no, glad I mean, they have it. Words. Funko, Funko made their money. They, they, you yeah. know, they blitzed the market for about a year. Uh, and for sure, you know, even though. You could buy just about any reaction figure created for a couple of bucks by the time they were winding down. Uh, you know, they're cheap to produce. I mean, Funko for sure got their money's worth out of that. And now, uh, even though they're known as clearance toys, the brand has a wider recognition than it did before Funko handled it. So I think, I think in the end, it's, it's turned out to be for the best for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's move on now. Jay, what is your first topic? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about toys in a bit uh, with the Marvel Legends news. But I guess uh, there was a ton of uh, trailers that came out. Uh, one of them was the uh, Ready Player One. I don't know if you guys have read the book, but I, I absolutely loved the book. And unfortunately, uh was a little nervous about the movie adaption just from some of the stuff I had read. So this was the first time you really got to see any footage from the movie. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited again. So uh, 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 hey, were you guys familiar with the movie? Uh, no, the yeah. Book? I've read the book, and I love it, and I think the trailer looks awesome. I think Spielberg is exactly the right person to direct it. 
I think they were really smart with that trailer not showing too much of Oasis. Right. You saw a little bit of the Oasis here and there, and you saw the – whatever that party. I can't remember where it is, but the party towards the end in Oasis. But well, see, I, I'm I, glad they're kind of holding it back. I don't know any – I have not read the book. I don't know anything about the franchise other than it comes up all the time online. Uh for for the listeners that may not be familiar with this, what is it? Sell me that. Sure. Sell me this thing. Yeah, it's it's in the future, um, and uh, it's a, it's kind of an immersive uh, virtual reality that everybody plays and um, logs into, and uh, the creator uh, passes away, and then as his uh, in his will, he essentially uh, says that he's hidden these three things. That whoever solves the puzzle uh, gets everything he owns, like including then, including the the ownership of Oasis. Um, and so he was a big fan. You know, he grew up in the '80s. Um, so everybody starts. You know, in the future, I think it's like 2045 or something. But uh, everybody gets really into '80s culture um, yeah. as they try and learn. You know, about what he's into, so they can help try and solve the thing. So it's basically like National Treasure. But in the future, VR and 80s. So, like, yeah. he drives like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. You know, people are, you know, dress up as, you know, uh, you know, they play like Pac Man and other 80s games. How um, does it manage to not feel just too exploitive of nostalgia and too derivative? Well, it leans into it. Mm-hmm. I think. And that's one of the things that makes it interesting. It's very aware of what it's doing. And, Never makes any bones that it's not trying to exploit it and make it super nostalgic. Yeah, I mean, like he he just just goes full hog into it. Like every single little possible thing he he could possibly think of, it like, gets put into it. And I think just like he he lets you in on the joke, and as you are in on the joke, I think it really you know makes you acceptable of it. Whereas it could potentially just be oh, it's just blatant fanboy baiting, but. By making part of the joke, it seems like it's okay. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's part of the story too. That like all the, all these kids that knew nothing about it in the you know in the future, they're going back and learning you know and uh, learning about it and you know are now fans of it. So I you know like you say you're in on the joke and uh, I, I never I didn't think it was too bad too self serving. Yeah, did I? I'll have to see the movie and then read the book because I, I now at this point in my life. I will I will never read the book before I see the movie. Like if I if I know if I have foreknowledge that the movie's coming out and I have not read the book, I just see the movie first because I've I've had a couple of things where I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I'm going to read the book first, and that's it. Seems like it's always a bad idea. If you, if you haven't read it, don't. Is my policy right? The movie's never going to hold up to what yeah, you think. Right, it's be. right, exactly. Well, cool. I'm. I, I mean, I obviously I love nostalgia. It's like seventy percent of what we talk about on the Needless Things podcast. So I'm I'm very very interested to see how this thing turns out. Uh, were there were there any kind of major revelations about it or anything at Comic Con? Do they have a? Is this the first time we've seen any kind of trailer? Yeah, I think it's the first time we've seen any kind of trailer. So it's the first time you've seen any footage of them, you know, being in the uh, in in the the VR world. I think there was a photo that came out, what, about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, from uh, you know Entertainment Weekly or something that showed the main character for the first time. So 
he, he's definitely different than what I kind of imagined him being you know, from reading the book. But, you know, it is what it is. It's the movie adaption. So I don't know why, uh, but I never get the scoops that Entertainment Weekly gets. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, um, work on your reach. I, right? Yeah, I'm terrible at that. I have no reach whatsoever. Uh, let's start round two. And uh, come back around to Ryan. What is your second point of interest from San Diego Comic-Con? Uh, the second one I think I'm going to go to is Star Wars Black. Um, Surprise! S- yeah, I'm a big fan of Star Wars Black. Super um, stoked about that Jaina Solo figure, aren't you? Oh, God. I, I'm stoked for it. I, I mean, I'm going to get it. it. And it looks good, but, you know. Um, you know, Star Wars Black, I would say, has had a... A little bit of a rough year. Um, the Rogue One figures have not sold like I think they thought they were. You can get them all for $3 right now at Target. Um, but they have had great success with even the vintage. To- here's how badly those have done. Even Toys R Us has marked them down, and they don't ever mark anything. Yeah, that's unheard of for <laughs> Toys R Us. Yeah. Um, and the line has had its obvious problems. Um, some of the soft goods have been a little rough in the past, but they've made a lot of, uh, moves to kind of fix it and address it. But one of the big things they announced that a lot of people are excited about is they're changing how they do the paint on the faces. Um, a big gripe in the line has been that the sculpts always don't look so great. Um, Leia is a big example of it, but they are going to move to, it's like a painting printing process um, that Hasbro is using now. It's who they oh, use. Oh, is this all- what the Japanese manufacturers use where it's that like that dot matrix style? Mm-hmm. And so Marvel Legends has started it with Hela and Mantis. So if you've seen those, you know how good this looks. Oh, I've and seen looks- Mantis. I just haven't seen her freaking head yet because I can't <laughs> find Adam Warlock for a reasonable price. I've got I've got a headless mantis standing on my shelf. <laughs> oh, I haven't right now. seen any of those in any of the stores. I've so well, you actually seen retail or I, Amazon? I no, it's all Amazon. I sit and I watch Amazon because I, I I work twelve hour shifts and seriously, like every thirty minutes, every hour, I'm looking at the prices on Amazon. And let me tell you, it is fucking crazy how they fluctuate because I got um, the entire. That entire wave of Guardians, except for Adam Warlock, for between 14 and $19. But Adam Warlock has never gone below 32 for some reason. So I've got a Headless Mantis. And then on the DC side of things, I found the entire uh, King Shark wave for... They were marked at 15 but they ended up ringing up for 12 at Walmart, except for Zoom, who has not dipped below like $40 anywhere. Yeah, I've so I'm, I've Zoom. I've got these two build a figures that are incomplete and it's driving me crazy. But anyway, yeah, this dot matrix printing. Uh, I've got a couple of figure arts uh, figures, well, and a couple of uh, Mafex figures as well, the Metacom ones that use that for the faces, and it it really looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as announcements, um, we saw a lot of stuff we'd already seen. Um, they finally showed Hera; she's gonna maybe come out. Um, they showed the final land speeder, which looks really good. Um, looks really they announced small. it. Yeah. I'm curious to see it in person. Um, they announced a do back that looks amazing. Yeah. The do back looked awesome. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to really, uh, 
figure it out. Like the announcements weren't 100% clear, but it appears they're going to have regular Star Wars Black continue and this vintage line. So the vintage card backs. Um, so for the Black line, they've shown uh, General Leia. Uh, we're finally getting a regular Rebel Trooper, Maz, Commander Cody um, with a helmeted and unhelmeted head, which I'm really excited about. But the big one at the end of the presentation that I was excited about in the vintage line is they're going to make Dr. Aphra, um, which I couldn't be more excited but about. But isn't that a three and three quarter inch? I don't know. I can't find good well, information she, on it. She won the fan poll for the return of the, see the vintage. I think the vintage that you're talking about is the return of the three and three quarter inch vintage, which they is that what they're saying? They announced yeah. at Toy Fair, and I'm infuriated because it's all of the Walmart figures that you can currently buy for like four bucks each. Uh, the Walmart exclusive Black Series. They're just recarding those as vintage cards. Ah, uh, and Doctor Afra. Like whoever is responsible for that decision needs to be shit canned immediately <laughs> because they're they're setting this lineup to fail. I, I was so excited when they announced the return of the three and three quarter inch vintage line. But I also kind of suspected because they did the same thing with the black series. It was a lot of repacks. It was a lot of characters we'd already seen before. And I was kind of concerned that they would do exactly what they're doing. And sure enough, it, it is literally Dr. Afra and then, uh, selections of the, the three or four waves of Walmart exclusive black series figures. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, what the fuck do you do? I, I'm just, yeah. I, I've kind of felt like I'm out of Star Wars for the past couple of years anyway. And, uh, I, you know, I guess I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to continue with the black line. A, a big question has been, they, I mean, there's at least now three to four waves that have to hit the shelves between now and September, which is when I'm assuming they're going to do another Star Wars day to start pushing out the last Jedi figures. Well, and if you Um, guys are really super lucky, like us three and three quarter inch collectors, then the last two waves will end up being online only. And you'll have to (laughs) order a full set from some rando ass website, or if you're lucky (laughs) from big bad toy store. Uh, But real quick though, the, the, to to me, because I looked at the black series stuff, the biggest surprises were Ray and Luke from The Last Jedi, they're on display. Well, you could buy them there. Oh, really? So you can get this box that's like a – it's got like a book so that it opens up with both figures, and that was the Star Wars Black San Diego exclusive. They just announced it with, you know, a week before the show. Oh, they did the same thing with with Jen last year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that same deal. Now, both those figures are going to come out as regular black figures, just not in the packaging, and um, they weren't real clear – Maybe some of the accessories will be different, right? Um, right. But I imagine that you know those will be available on that September first weekend of September date. Yeah, I, though, I'm. I will say, like, as much as I hate Hasbro for offering the exclusives that they do at Comic Con and making them impossible to get, like that. I, there are two things this year that it really is killing me. I'm not going to be able to get, and that's that Thrawn box set. Ugh. And the Usagi Next Yoj- month the on Usagi Ojimbo uh that Playmates did. It's it's a really nice Usagi Ojimbo figure with tons of accessories that aren't gonna be available with the mass market version. And I, I would buy that in a second. 
and Playmates only produced 350 of them. Yeah. For Nickelodeon. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, that, well, that Thrawn set will be on the Hasbro toy shop next month. They announced it. They had a Yeah, page but it will sell it. out in 27 seconds. Uh, well, this, this is true, but, you know. I, I was able to get Obi-Wan last year, so I'm holding out well, hope I'm going to get Thrawn. Yeah, I just missed Obi-Wan. He was in my cart, and I missed uh, it. Didn't, by the time I checked out, like he had sold out. I want that Thrawn set. I want the G.I. Joe Missile Command set. Um, there was one other thing from Hasbro that I wanted. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but there were like three Hasbro items, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm going to do the same thing this year, and, and you know, sit there and try and try and try, and maybe get one item if I'm lucky." I, I still never got uh, one of the Zorana variants that I wanted because there's, you know, it's funny because you'll go to the forums and stuff, and people will be like, "Oh, don't get caught up in the hype. Just wait a couple of years, and prices go down." Bullshit. Because <laughs> I still can't find a Sergeant Slaughter. I still can't find the Zorana in the black shirt. Uh, for any kind of reasonable price. So if you can get that shit, get it. Uh, all right. Any more thoughts about, uh, the Star Wars Black Series stuff that was shown? That's about it for now. I and mean, we'll see. Like I said, they'll have a big event later in the year, and that's when we'll really start the Last Jedi deluge of stuff. Yeah, right, right. It, well, Jay and Josh, are you guys still all in on this line? Is it still holding your interest? Not for me. I've, I've been cherry picking for a while. So, um, you know, if, if there's a figure I really want, I'll, I'll grab it. But I, I I'm definitely haven't been a completist on this line. Well, and I think one of the challenges of the line is the availability of some of the figures. Because if there's one figure you're excited about, there's a possibility you're just not going to find it at retail. Right. Yeah, and, and, I cannot find that Imperial Guard anywhere. Uh, no, it's, it's impossible. I mean, that, and that's the problem is just the way that they handle the distribution. It's just it makes it so difficult. I'm still all in on it. It's just I can't half the time find everything that I need. Right. It's just so frustrating uh, to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I and all those stupid Rogue Ones sitting on the shelves and can't find anything from that last wave. I luckily was able to find a Lando, thank God. But well, yeah, and I didn't see ex- anything from that last wave. My, my target that I, I was at today still has the same handful of rogue one figures that it's had sitting there for months and months yeah now i will say i saw sabine and darth revan in a store the other day wow i was blown away yeah that's very surprising all right i'm gonna uh i'm gonna take the next one and as much as i hate to say it over the years that we've been doing these san diego comic-con uh sort of recap type things very rarely do we talk a whole lot about comics. Uh, Ryan, you hit on DC, and I am going to touch on something that Marvel is doing that I find very interesting. Uh, it's a project called X Men Grand Design. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. It's by an artist named Ed or an artist and writer named Ed Piscor. And uh, I apologize if the pronunciation of that last name is anything but perfect. Uh, but he's the creator of a series called Hip Hop Family Tree, which has, over the course of the past, I, I think two years almost, been narrating the history of American hip hop. And that's no easy task. But he has been basically writing and illustrating uh, a, an almost history book, like textbook type thing, about hip hop. 
And I, I haven't read the the whole thing, but they had samples on Free Comic Book Day. I've read a couple of the issues individually, and he really has a talent for consolidating complex pieces of story and history into a single narrative flow. And if you know the last 30 years of the X-Men, you know that that's what it needs. And this is not, from what I've read about this project, it's in no way an attempt to replace the, the, you know, the Claremont years of the X-Men or anything since. It's simply a passion project for Ed Piscor who wants to take this history and make it more palatable, I guess, so that if somebody becomes familiar with the X-Men now, like let's say there's a 16-year-old who's like, wow, that's a daunting history. They can, they can kind of do uh, a more, a more easily accessible timeline through his work. And he has a very interesting visual style. He's got a great storytelling style. Like I said, he's very skilled at consolidating complicated things into very simple linear stories. And I'm, I'm super excited to see how this turns out. And I'm actually very surprised that Marvel is going ahead with it. Uh, you know, they, they've kind of refocused on X-Men lately, but I still, don't know that I feel like the X-Men, because in the 80s, the X-Men were their flagship title. Uh, and it certainly hasn't been that for a long time. So I'm, I'm a little surprised to see them trying something like this, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, did you did you guys see this mentioned over the weekend? I did. And from what I understand, so is it each issue is a different error is that how i'm reading it like it's going to be a different kind of timeline yeah it it was kind of difficult because here here's i i had to sort of bounce back and forth between a number of websites because a lot of it was on the site reporting and you know reporters or reporters nowadays anyway internet reporters uh just report on what they're interested in so like out of everything that happened at San Diego Comic-Con, most of the reporting like nobody delivered a full story. You could look at two different websites, let's just say Bleeding Cool and IO9. You could look at posts about the exact same announcement and get completely different pieces of information from each post, but neither post would mention the same like thing that the other post did. Like you, you kind of have to piece all of this together. We need Ed Piscor to do coverage of Comic Con <laughs> to streamline all the confusing uh, history. But anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't get a super clear picture of how it's going to be published or the timeline or anything. So it's you said each issue will be a decade. That's the report that I saw. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the same thing I saw. I did see also they announced that it does the first issue starts with the X Men playing softball, which I was pretty excited about. <laughs> like if they can do softball and then lead to laying by the pool with everyone in weird, skimpy like bathing <laughs> suits and bikinis, the, I will be like, There's my X Men The infamous nineties <laughs> uh Marvel swimsuit issues. <laughs> I hope we can work those in somehow. For, forge in his like speedo man thong. <laughs> will forever haunt me but yeah i'm stoked about this project i will totally buy it and that's saying something because i think i'm buying maybe three marvel books right now 
and that is an all-time low uh, for me because I, uh, as much as I have more of an affinity for DC's characters and they've been with me more my whole life, uh, Marvel, like the the X Men, X Men and Spider Man were that they were my jam in in the eighties and the early nineties, and now I, I I don't buy anything, and it's weird. So I'm I'm glad they're offering something that I'm interested in. Now, whether or not uh, it's as successful as I hope it will be remains to be seen. Uh, so, having said that, Jay, we, we're going to go ahead and use up your second point of interest. What do you Sure, got? yeah. I thought of a third in between somewhere. But, Excellent. Uh, yeah, things and stuff. But, yeah, uh, for me, it was uh, toys, obviously. Um, these days, uh, with DC Universe Classics being defunct, uh, Marvel Legends is my main line that I still pick up. So they uh, had a bunch of new announcements, uh, kind of a debunking of a rumor uh, for a Build-A-Figure and uh, showed a lot of stuff. I mean, it's 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 crazy how much, how many figures they have coming out on a consistent basis. So, um, I guess one of the things that bummed me out the the most was them uh, officially saying Strong Guy is not the build a figure for the dead, Deadpool wave. Well, see, uh, here's the thing, though, is in a different because I I saw that, but I saw a different site that showed Marvel's. Uh, presentation and there was a slide of strong guy. Oh, was there? I yes. haven't seen that. No, this one, uh, I, I saw it. I actually got to catch this one live, uh, the, the, the Marvel Legends panel. Um, and I watched, you know, half an hour or 45 minutes of it and they showed strong guy, but they were kind of teased it and they showed him, but then, you know, had the PowerPoint, you know, with the, uh, circle and the line through it and it says, you know, not happening. Oh, yeah. I, cause so I wonder if I just saw the slide that was like the, the one prior to that one. Yeah. Well, cause they, you know, they kind of played it up. They're like, Hey, we have a big announcement about, uh, the build a figure and they pulled up strong guy. And some people clapped, and you know they were you know talking about it. it's like, and strong guy is not going to be it. And then they did the thing. Oh, uh, you know what? Hey, Honestly, for, that makes me happy because that yeah. Deadpool wave is kind of crap. Yeah, and for listeners that don't know, the reason that the strong guy thing even came up about four months ago, a list got leaked of every Marvel legend coming out for probably the next year, and it's slowly become more and more apparent that it's accurate. Like they've got it right, except for strong guy to question mark. And so I think they've realized that people have the list now, and so they're just going to show it all. Yeah, they, they they had a ton of new announcements, a ton of figures um, that I, I hadn't seen or heard about. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of uh, redos, but I think we talked about it one of the last times we talked about toys was, you know, I'm slowly, begrudgingly realizing that uh, not everyone has been collecting this line for 16 years, and so they're having to throw in some new figures like Mysterio um, and some others that uh, we've seen before. Well, technically um, Mysterio wasn't a Marvel Legends release, though. He was part of the Spider-Man yeah. Legends line, which, granted, I love that Mysterio figure, and I actually think I like it more than the one they showed at Comic-Con. I've got it on the shelf right now. It's and, the creepy uh, baby face. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's got the multiple heads. He's got, like, three different faces mm-hmm. under the dome, but he also has yellow gloves, and I think the green gloves on the one they showed uh, for Hasbro look really weird to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then uh, they uh, Deathlock, 
I think is a much needed upgrade because when he was part of the X Force comic a few years ago, I was like, well, I guess I need to go back and pick up a Deathlock figure, and I got the Toy Biz one, and it's terrible. It is bad. It's a bad figure. So we needed a new Deathlock, and he's got the American flag actually sculpted on, uh, which the other one does not have. Uh, you got uh, Mr. Fantastic as the Walgreens exclusive again. So now that's you got three out of four. So we'd already already got Invisible Woman, uh, Human Torch is coming, and now they announced uh, Mr. Fantastic. And uh, Thing was shown. Yeah, they they, they talked about sure. Thing is absolutely next. So, yeah. um, I mean they 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 were talking about all the figures they already have planned for 2018. So I mean I, this line's not going away anytime soon. I was very um, excited to see Gwenpool, uh, which yep, I, I think had been rumored heavily enough that I was pretty sure she was coming. Uh, not as excited about Spider Punk, which I guess oh, is from Spider Verse. I'm so excited for that one. All right, explain this to me. He's what? just from Spider Verse. He, he's just from a universe where Spider Man was a punk. And I mean, what, what, what do you need to know? <laughs> it's Spider-Man making the devil horns. How can you not? Yeah, know? I love well, it. It's funny because some of the pictures I saw, the angle on it, it actually looked like he was throwing up a middle finger. And I was like, Hasbro didn't do that for sure. But uh, And I've got the Spider-Verse. I've got the giant omnibus upstairs. I just haven't gotten to it yet. But just- Yeah, I haven't read it yet. And there was the green Spider-Man. I'm assuming he was from the same... No, that's um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lash Lasher. Lasher. Uh, that's Slasher from back. Remember when Carnage made his little symbiote gang? Um, I think that was after I quit reading comics. Uh, you know, it, it's in the dark time of the nineties. Uh, <laughs> he's one of those where it's like Scream and Lasher. It's and, basically like a repaint of the Ultimate Venom, and it uses those same lame plug-in uh, claw arm things that apparently Venom Pool, which is one of the worst Marvel Legends figures I've ever seen, uh, also uses those little plug-in arms. Uh-huh. I'm not a fan of those. They look terrible on the on the Ultimate Venom. And, and, and they start drooping pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care for that at all. Um, <laughs> what else did they show? They, they, were, they had the uh, Hydra with the multiple heads, so you can kind of army build if you wanted to. The Hydra two pack, yeah, yeah. Um, they showed, uh, I think, Apocalypse build a figure, which is uh, good, I guess. But I still have the one that's like two feet tall or a foot and a half tall, so it's well. But it will be nice to have it because you know he changed sizes. He was regular size sometimes, so it will be nice to have more of a regular sized Apocalypse. Um, they had those the writers, Indian. the writers figures. Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, Ghost Rider and uh, was it Black Widow? Black Widow, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, their other, their other big thing was they're going to get into the vintage package game too, where it's what Black Widow, Captain America, Wolverine, Iron Man, Punisher, and Black Widow on an old like school looking. You said bag. Black Widow twice. Spider Man's the other one. Spider Man. I'm sorry, Spider Man. Yeah. Um, I do really like the Wolverine because he comes with an unmasked head that looks really good. Well, and he comes um, with the ring. Yep. He comes with the mask ring like the old Toy Biz figure. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean these look all right. They're I probably yeah, see. I, I, it's a good pass for me. I I wasn't a big fan of the toy biz, so it's not. It didn't, you know, if anything was going to get me, it was the Star Wars black. Um, so the, these are kind of a, the retro packaging is a pass. Yeah. It, it definitely um, appeals to me because those 
those Toy Biz figures were when I started after my Ninja Turtles run. Uh, the Toy Biz Marvel superheroes are when I got back into collecting superhero action figures. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not going to buy figures I already own right. just to have well, that and, packaging. And that's one of the things, too. So they announced the De- uh, Defenders box set. Yeah, the four-pack. Um, which is going to be Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Jewel. Um, my problem is I don't need another Iron Fist. I don't know why they think everyone wants Iron Fist eight gazillion times, but he's come out like four times in the last two years. But this one um, doesn't have a shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really want that Jewel figure. I'm a big fan of Alias, and well, I'm not happy. They, they haven't done get- a... Uh- they haven't done a modern Luke Cage like that before, have they? Uh, well, they, he's in the Thunderbolts box set that was oh. the San Diego exclusive like two years ago. So I already have it. Um, you know, not everybody does. I mean, I don't have yeah. it. So I, I, I was definitely eyeing that between Jewel and Luke Cage. Uh, I, even, definitely get him. I even like the variation on Daredevil with the darker boots and gloves. Like, I, I think it looks more comic booky than the all same color of red one that I've got right now. Although yeah. nothing's going to beat the one twelve one, but we'll get to that stuff later. Yeah, um, the other big one they you know they showed Songbird again. Uh, I think we've now seen Songbird for three years. <laughs> I I will believe that figure when I have it in my hand. And I mean, every, it was in the case. I just I don't know what it is about her and why they don't put her out. But every year they show her, I go, "Who the fuck is that?" Because I, <laughs> I don't know the character at all. Uh, I'm such a big Thunderbolts fan, so yeah. I need her. Um, and then who else? Medusa is going to be. I think Medusa is a Walgreens exclusive too. Yeah. Um, looks like it's the Medusa from the Inhuman or the uh, Thanos Imperium box set that was four years ago. Um, so I mean, it's interesting they you know they keep putting out these exclusive figures. Um, it definitely makes you second guess if you ever want to get any of them. <laughs> the box sets, I mean. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like on the one hand it does kind of undermine the idea of the exclusives. But on the other hand, you know, I'd be really pissed. Like, I'm still furious that I don't have a magic. I didn't want anybody else in that set, but I have to have Ilyana. She's one of my favorite Marvel characters, one of my favorite X-Men, and I'm I'm still furious that they put her in that box set and that I don't have one. So Marvel Legends continues to truck on. <laughs> yeah, they, like I said, they were talking about all the figures for next year, so there's it's not stopping anytime soon. So keep making room. All right. Uh, oh, here's another. Though. Did you see the variant head of the Submariner? <laughs> the beard. The bearded one. It's, oh, that's it's all creepy. I saw. All I, well, I saw he was comes, the beard. Oh yeah, he has a regular clean shaven head too but there's something about that bearded head that makes me uncomfortable i don't know if it's i don't know if it's the combination of the beard and the speedo or maybe it hits a little too close to home for me i don't know (laughs) oh my gosh that is your next dragon con costume for sure you gotta figure out a way to glue wings to your ankles i don't think that namor looks half as good as the one that i've got from the old fantastic four line uh I see. I don't. I don't remember that one being good at all. I remember not liking that one at all. Really? I see. I'm looking at it on the shelf right now, and I think he looks great. His proportions are great. I think this one looks too chunky, and I hate, hate, hate when they put the calf swivels on unclothed legs. Like he's got naked skin legs, and he's got these giant lines going across his calves because they reused the buck 
from uh, Daredevil or whatever. I, I think he's too chunky. I think his calves look terrible. I, I As soon as I saw that Namor, I was like, is that a fucking bootleg figure? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of that one at all. Although I do think the bearded head looks really good. Uh, I, I'm trying to think about I, I mean, I really hope, you know, we had talked about it, but then there was a rumor going around that they are going to, that sweet ride, whatever they're calling the motorcycle packs, um, that there may be a new Professor X coming out with the hover chair as part of that, like, box. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. been screaming for that forever. Mm-hmm. Have, they, have they announced the price point on that? Is it still going to be 20 bucks a figure? Or is it going to be no, no, they're like 40 I think. Yeah, uh-huh. they're 40 uh, but um, yeah, but you know, honestly, those motorcycles look good enough that I feel like that's reasonable. Like there's there's enough moving parts, there's enough detail. Like they aren't they aren't just hunks of plastic that you sit the figures on. Like they're actually vehicles, so I, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. So uh, next, next up, Josh. No, wait. Uh no, that was Jay's. So yeah, Josh. Uh, what is your second pick? Well, we're going to stay on the uh, giant robot theme, and we can talk a little bit about movie and figures because we got a whole lot of looks at Pacific Rim Uprising yes, and the new figure line from Bandai, which I think looks phenomenal. I was so disappointed in those NECA figures, uh, and these like they're going to blow them away. Did you keep um, them? I sold all of mine. I, I've still got one. That's it. I, I they, just, they wouldn't stand up. They were weirdly no. flimsy. They were dangerous. I, I just uh, they, they I, and I so bought disappointing. I bought a ton of them, but eventually I was just like, man, I'm just not happy with these. But yeah, the 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 Bandai stuff looks really good, and I'm shocked at the 19.99 price point. I know the price point is is amazing. What is the scale me? though? Surely they're not six inch scale for that. No, well they're. Doing it in their robot spirits line, which I've got some familiarity with, and those usually are around like five inch okay. figures. Yeah, that sounds so, that sounds about right. Yeah, so that's probably more in the realm of what you're looking at between five to six inches, I would guess. And uh, but the fact that they've kept that price point down so low um, because all of their other stuff in that line usually runs like a forty to fifty dollar figure. Well, that's what's so uh, surprising to me because I've picked up a couple of figure arts. Uh, figures lately from the, that are from Bandai, and yeah. uh, granted they're a larger size, but they're more than twice that, and they're right. wor- they're worth every penny. But I, I am really shocked at that twenty dollars price point for anything from from Bandai like that. Yeah, so I mean, I am uh, pretty uh, happy with that. I mean, they've got uh, lots of options that go along with it. And number one, I mean, this is really the first time we're seeing like the designs of the new Jaegers. Yeah, and they've gone with a more traditional look. Like a lot of the Jaegers from the first movie, they they really tried to make them like individual and stand out. So you had some kind of odd designs. These are much more, you know, when you think of a giant robot. With, uh, you know, uh, their weapons and options, uh, you know, two feet, two arms and, you know, their head. But well, they seem I, more I, practical. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm really liking the designs on these, um, especially the, uh, ones, uh, that they really release the details on, which I think is the, uh, Re- Bracer Phoenix and then, uh, Titan Redeemer. 
or I the think uh, Titan Redeemer, and I don't know the names yet, but there's a big chunky one that has like giant shoulder pads. I think that's Titan Redeemer, and I, th- well, I think the, the shoulder pad one is Bracer Phoenix. Oh, is it? And okay, then, okay. The the one with the big giant whirling ball of death on his arm is the Titan Redeemer. Okay, but I, I they, yeah. they just look they're cool designs. They're like in a way they're more comfortable than the ones in the first movie because, like you said, they're a little more familiar. Like I look at them and they feel more like Robotechy or something. Like right, they, I dig them. But the figures you you had you mentioned they come with a ton of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's something that Bandai usually always does with all of their figures. And again, like keeping the price point down, I mean, you got optional arms and forearms, weapons. Um, I mean, and usually they all come with a stand, which is very handy. So did you see, I, I've been at work all weekend, so I haven't had the opportunity to look at any of the new trailers that came out yet. Um, did you see the new uh, Pacific Rim trailer? I, I did. It's not so much a trailer as it is kind of just a teaser. All we really get is uh, some like uh, shadow animated uh, peaks at some of the Jaegers, and then the last images of uh, John Boyega's uh, uh, character all kitted up in his little um, Jaeger armor, and that's really all you see. And so, against my uh, expectations, he's not playing a young striker Pentecost. No, he's actually, I believe, his son. Which is cool. They went the other way. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I I still want my Striker Pentecost prequel story. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited. I'm so glad. I was afraid they weren't going to get that uh, sequel. And then when they finally announced it and then getting John Boyega attached, like I was pretty excited about all of that. I think he'll be a, a much more interesting lead than uh, Charlie Houston ever was. So I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, I, I, I will absolutely. I, you know... I I like he's fine on Sons of Anarchy. He does his thing, but uh, it's a case where I think the actor needs more than the director gave him to be interesting, yeah. which is uh, totally unrelated. But the same thing that happened with the Valerian, uh, which I saw last night, like awesome movie, but the director needed to give the actors a little bit more. And I think it was the same thing with Pacific Rim. Uh, Jay and Ryan, are where are you guys in the Pacific Rim fandom? Like you, you I know you saw the first movie. Uh, not a toy thing for you guys, but are you stoked about the next movie at all? I am. I'm excited about it. I, it's one of those uh, within the last few weeks after hearing you know some of the stuff about the sequel. I got on Amazon and uh, bought a new copy uh, or bought a copy of the the first one to watch again because it's been been a while. Um, never got into the toys. There, I, what what sold the toy line for me in the first place was the fact that they were doing the monsters and the robots. But once I got my hands on them, neither was satisfying. They they were they each had weird limitations that I didn't quite understand. But anyway, uh, yeah, super excited about a new Pacific Rim movie. Super surprised that it's even happening. Uh, any more thoughts uh, about Pacific Rim stuff from San Diego Comic Con? All right, then we will move on to Jay's topic number three. Kick off the third round, if you will, Belligerent Monkey. Oh, no, did we lose Jay? Yep. 
Jay is lost in his beard. <laughs> he's blue. He's talking. Are you muted, Jay? Did you somehow figure out how to mute your microphone? <laughs> I did by managing to drop my laptop. <laughs> oh, no. Is it okay? Apparently so. It's still working. Oh, but okay. I, good. good. I, I spun uh, in my chair, and my laptop went with it. Oh, so. wow. That's not good. Uh, not at all. Okay, so... Uh, what what is you're going to kick off our third round? What is your Beth. third point of interest from San Diego uh, Comic Con 2017? As much as I hate to say it, I guess it was a Justice League movie. Um, well, don't hate the, this the trailer. trailer. Well, I, I'm a big DC guy. I, 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 as comics go, I've been a big DC guy, but so far, with the exception of Wonder Woman, I've just not been very happy with the the first couple. Um, uh, Snyder uh, led uh, DC movies with sure. Man of Steel, sure. Batman versus Superman. So I, I, I'm and again, Suicide Squad. I wanted to really like it. I felt it was fairly uneven. There's parts I really liked. There was parts I really hated. So this one, you know, Justice League. I mean, that's my my biggest thing. Like I I, I own a huge run of the original Justice League comics. Justice League's always been my favorite. So. The fact that we're seeing a Justice League movie is a, is a big deal for me. So I just hope they don't screw it up. Um, uh, but we saw a lot, a lot more footage uh, in the official trailer um, this weekend, and it, you know it looked good. There, I guess there's hinting for you know the worst held secret uh, in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I don't understand is like. The Superman symbols on the marketing. They Cavill has sent out all sorts of pictures from the set, and yet they still want to pretend that he's not in this movie. You know what, though? <laughs> right. Honestly, honestly, I'm okay with that because it's almost like wrestling kayfabe, where like <laughs> you know what's going on, but you can kind of go along for the ride. Like as long as Warner Brothers maintains the illusion. That we don't know what's going on with Superman. He's dead. <laughs> He's not in this movie. That <laughs> Superman's dead. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Well, and that's the thing is like, so when he does show up, even though we know he's in it, we know Henry Cavill's in this movie. Uh, when he does show up, we still get to kind of experience that little thrill because they never came right out and said it. I, I think it's yeah. smart. I think it's good marketing, honestly. Yeah, I and feel I. Like Go ahead and run. I also like that they mentioned the Green Lanterns in the trailer. Yeah. Like, they went ahead and said, yeah, they're here. Oh, really? Now, see, yeah. this I actually did get to watch this trailer, but I did not get to listen to it because I... Uh, it's voiceover we, at the beginning. We have, a yes. very, uh, we have very restricted internet things at work, but th- this was the one thing that I... Uh, well, and you know what? I actually did get to hear a little bit of it. Uh, because this is the point I was going to make real quick. I, if you guys remember, because I believe I've said this on podcasts with you guys, uh, I have been saying for a while that Aquaman needs to basically just be the brave and the bold Aquaman. And it kind of looks like that's what they're going for. They're really setting him up to steal this movie, I think. Oh, totally. Everything that they've shown from him so far, they really want you to love him. Well, and if you... Did you guys read the description of the Aquaman footage that they showed? Yes. Because Jason Momoa, uh, he's filming Aquaman in Australia right now, but he showed up for Comic-Con, and James Wan, who... 
I, I think is a fabulously talented director. Uh, I've loved his horror movies so far. I cannot wait. I think his sensibilities, even though he's mostly done horror stuff, I think he has the sensibility to deliver an incredible Aquaman movie. And reading the description of the trailer, uh, you know, it opens up with these fishermen and then you basically see a giant undersea war, like army with people freaking riding seahorses and sharks and shit, undersea submarines. And, uh, the, but, but the part that got me was a scene of Aquaman talking to somebody that was off screen saying, uh, you, you're not willing to, you, you don't really want to talk about this, do you? And there's some response and he says, that's okay. Me neither. So like Aquaman's ready to fuck shit up. He's not really interested in diplomacy or talking or anything. He wants to fight. And I, I, I love that they're going in that direction with the character. And I, I just hope we get at least one scene of Jason Momoa putting his arm around Ben Affleck and saying, We'll call this one the adventure from the other dimension. <laughs> then, I, I just wanted to say outrageous. Just outrageous. outrageous. And then the other thing I wanted to point out, uh, I have been saying for several years now that I think uh, DC would be very wise to go in a slightly lighter direction and do a Batgirl and Robin movie. And guess what? They're basically doing a Batgirl and Robin movie. Yeah. Yeah. All of DC stuff, it's so, I mean, DC films seem to not have the best weekend, you know, right before. Well, who knows if any of this is actually going to happen. We know Justice League is happening, and that's the only thing that I feel confident saying, yes, we will go to a theater and see it. Right. Well, we know that Matt Reeves has completely ditched Ben Affleck's Batman script. Right. Um, which I'm you know, okay with because the Planet yeah. of the Apes movies are freaking tremendous. They're, they are the least discussed incredible movies like ever. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, you know, they announced that Flash, the Flash movie is now called Flash, Flashpoint. Okay. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, like, much like we did with Frank Miller's Superman year one, let's unpack that a bit. Okay, so all of a sudden the Flash movie, which has been a disaster from day one, is Flashpoint? So this, I think, is the problem DC's had since they started this cinematic universe. They're doing stories like Batman vs. Superman and you know jumping into the Justice League and now Flashpoint that are stories that rely on a history of all these characters being together and blah, 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 so that when things happen or they fight, there's like a weight behind it. And DC just seems to be going straight to the end game and yeah. skipping all the building. <laughs> yeah, let's forget about the uh, introductions. Let's go right to the uh, adaptions. Yeah, so you're going to show me Flash changes the whole world and it's so different. Like, I don't know what Flash's world was before, so what do I care? Like, unless we get, you know, they do real Flashpoint and we get Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa are married warlords fighting <laughs> each other over Europe. I mean, that would be great, but. Well, if they're smart, they'll do something along the lines of what Marvel has been doing and use the name of a widely recognized storyline or event, but kind of adapt it into a a single movie narrative setting, which granted, I don't know that they're that smart. And well, the thing I mean, is, the show already did it. Right. That's what I'm saying. It worked, well. out, it worked out so well for the show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I have honestly, 
uh, I have no feelings about this right now because I feel like two weeks from now we're going to get an announcement that says, now the Flash is going to be all about the rogues and Flash won't even be in it. I mean, that's <laughs> who knows. Well, did you see they also announced there's going to be a Joker versus Harley movie? No, I didn't see that. No, I didn't see that at all. Yeah, that's the other movie they announced. Was oh, that with what's his name from Suicide Squad? Uh, yeah. Jared Leto. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest and say that appeals to me a lot because I liked Leto's Joker quite oh. a bit. Um, I hated him. Did you? I, yeah, I didn't I, like it at all. I really enjoyed watching him. I want to see more of him, and I I would definitely be invested in seeing uh, the relationship he has with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and, and how it falls apart or, or what, like... That to me sounds good, but I, I like Suicide Squad uh, more than most people. I think. I think I like most of the DC movies more than most people, and I, <laughs> I recognize their flaws. Believe me, but I'm able to sort of put those aside and enjoy uh, other things about them. I will say I have uh, now that Suicide Squad's been on HBO and it's on, and I've caught it a couple times. I, I think I've, I've liked it more. I've been able to appreciate the parts I like more than I did when I first watched it. Well, it's kind of a now you know thing. Like right. now you know what it is, so you can sort of put aside your expectations and enjoy the stuff that's that's there. Yeah, I now think Slipknot is hilariously awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that they brought him in just to be the example because somebody had to be like you. You had to show the stakes, or else the title was nonsense. Yeah. And that's and it's comic accurate. And he was one of the first ones that uh, had his either hand or head blown off in the comics. So you know they had that going for him. All right. So, oh my gosh, was that Jay again already? Yeah, you kicked off the third round. We are, are we back to Josh? I mean, I, I can if you'd like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do. I it. got one ready. One two. Josh, yeah. what is your number three? All right. Well, out of all of the, the previews of stuff that uh, they premiered at San Diego Comic-Con, the one that excited me the most was the one for Stranger Things 2. And uh, seeing that preview, I and mean, we, can, we can tie it in toys we want to, because McFarlane did show off some of their Stranger Things toys there as well. But um, that, that preview just, it looks like they are really taking that 80s aesthetic, and it's going to be a sequel, like an 80s sequel, and just ranching it up, and I am ready for it. It looks amazing to me. Now, I, I will say, I'm avoiding everything about Stranger So am I. So no am I. No previews, I, nothing. I, see, I saw, the, I saw the preview once, and that's, that's going to be it. Yeah. I, I don't want to – I saw it. I don't want to see anything more. But, yeah, I agree with you. I thought the preview looked uh, fantastic, and I uh, can't wait. I don't think I, – I, I enjoyed the first season a lot. I don't think I loved it as much as everybody else did because I came to it a little bit late. So, unfortunately, the hype machine had already built it up too much in my head to the point where, like, it couldn't have lived up to my expectations. But I did enjoy it. Uh, David Harbour was basically my favorite actor of the season. Uh, I think he's fantastic. And I, I actually kind of wish he was Cable and not Josh Brolin. Um, but I'm not watching anything for this. And to tie it back into the toys, I'll say this. I don't care at all about McFarlane's toys, but I'm very excited for Funko's toys. 
uh, Funk, Funko is doing there because they're not doing reaction anymore, but they're doing a uh, ten or twelve point of articulation uh, line of figures. And, oh, I didn't see those at all. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see those either. Yes, they're they're like retro retro 80s. These are more GI Joe like. Uh, the first ones that have come out, well, the first ones that came out were the Game of Thrones figures, but the ones that we just got, uh, they did a whole line of Batman sixty six figures in this style. And oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking they're, about. They're they're more GI Joe style than they are Star Wars style. They have elbows and knees and everything. And they made a Batmobile, they made Batman Robin, King Tut, a, a whole range of figures. The, the sculpt is better, the paint is better, they're, they're fantastic. And they're doing Stranger Things figures in this format. Uh, and when you open them up, they won't fall apart. And they <laughs> actually have meaningful points of articulation that don't look like garbage. Cause I don't know if you guys have seen the saga figures that McFarlane is doing, but they look like shit. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that they were really expensive for what they were, right? They're, they're, Wasn't it like a two-pack for like 50 bucks or yeah, something? Yeah, they're very expensive. They have, they have terribly awkward joints that don't look good at all, uh, yeah. which is which is now, unfortunately, uh, kind of a trademark of McFarland's action figures. Uh, and, and if you had told me a couple of years ago that Saga figures would come out that I would have no interest in, uh, I, I would have doubted you very much. But I, and they're I smaller scale too, right? Like five inch yeah, scale. Yeah, five inch scale, which is bizarre. And see the the Stranger Things figures that McFarlane is putting out are six inch scale, uh, but they have that same wonky articulation. Yeah. And uh, I, I just I'm not interested. But the retro style figures that Funko is doing, I think, look fantastic. I'm very excited about those, and they they fit. Obviously, they they fit the uh, uh, the the aesthetic that's, that that uh, Stranger Things goes for. Totally. Well, I'm ha- I wasn't happy with the McFarlane one, so I'm happy to have something to uh, look for. So that's cool. Yeah, think of think of them as uh, like an upgrade on the reaction style. So yeah, I, I'm super stoked about Stranger Things, but I'm I'm not going to look into it any further. Like un- until it actually hits Netflix, I'm not going to see anything else about it because I want it all to be a, a delightful surprise. Uh, all right, Ryan, what is your third? round topic let's move into the bane of my bank account mezco (laughs) (laughs) better you guys than me (laughs) i get to at least look at them and play with them uh, when i'm over your house and not spend the money so thank you Uh, you for that mezco i don't know if i expected a lot more or if it's just they showed stuff that i don't really collect um they a lot of the comic book stuff this year was or reveals were more focused on movie stuff. So we got an Aquaman from Justice League, Thor Ragnarok, you got Thor and Hulk. Um and they all look amazing. The Aquaman is stunning, but it's just not something that I'm gonna pick up. Um they for D C they showed uh Punk Joker, uh is what they're calling it, and it's it looks like the same body as the original Joker, just with different clothes and some different heads and accessories. And it it looks pretty good. I mean, it's I'm definitely glad I have the classic Joker you, I have. You know what my problem is with that one? The only problem I have with that one is that orange vest. Yeah, um, it, it, it seems a little off. It makes him look like one of those shitty repaints that Mattel <laughs> always does for their low-budget children's lines. Like... 
like jetpack pogo stick joker or something <laughs> which is charming in a more modestly priced line but for a $75 action figure that orange vest is horrible but everything else about it I like I love that he's got the uh the double knife sheaths uh in the front the head sculpts look fantastic uh, it's it's a cool look, but that orange vest, if it was a darker green or even another shade of purple, uh, you know, I'd really consider it. But that I think with that that much money, you really want like a classic look, you know, something that's iconic, not something so super specific like the uh, the movie stuff, where he's only wearing that costume one time, and or you know, with the Joker with his kind of the oddball thing. So I, I would definitely, if I'm spending that much money, I'd, I'd want the classic Joker. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you mentioned Thor and Hulk, which I saw those and I immediately fell in love with them. Uh, And I'm not – in general, I'm not collecting the movie figures that uh, Mezco does. I happened to get a deal on the Affleck Batman, and holy shit, it's an amazing figure. But for the most part, I don't plan on buying their movie figures. But, man, Thor and Hulk both look so good. The colors – are so bright and appealing and the armor pieces mixed with the soft goods that man, they just look incredible. Uh, I, it's, it's going to be hard for me to resist buying those. Uh, and then the other two new ones that they showed were Catwoman and Batman beyond, uh, Batman beyond is not my bag. I, I think it's good, but it just, I was, I don't think I was the right age for it, or I was still too bitter about Batman the Animated Series not being on anymore. Uh, but this figure looks incredible. Yeah, and, and I'm the same way. I'm not in love with the character, but the figure is just unreal nice. Um, I probably won't pick it up, but that might be one of those if I ever saw it on sale somewhere, I might grab it. The just the wings look great. I love the the blast effects that go on the feet. Uh the way that you know, all of Mezco's one twelve figures have that incredible detailing on the fabric bodysuits, that that rubbery uh whether it be seams or armor plating or whatever that's bonded to the fabric of the suit. And and this Batman Beyond has the the all of that detailing that just looks so good. Uh, they, it's it's again this one. Even though it's not necessarily something I would want, it's going to be tough for me to resist when time comes to pre-order it or whatever. And then there's mm-hmm. Catwoman, who the unmasked head looks incredible. Yeah, but the cowl, I feel like it's too open. Like it, it's too wide on her face. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like a helmet. Yeah, I, I'm not crazy about it. Um, my thing with the Catwoman, well, there's a couple of things. Um, I don't like that she doesn't come with one a cat or any kind of jewel or a necklace or something. Give her something to steal. Sure, yeah. Um, and then my other thing is not directly related to Catwoman, but I saw an interview with Mezco where they were talking about how this punk joker and the Catwoman and that Batman are all part of this ascending night kind of series. Um, well, that explains why the Batman looks so stupid. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm worried, like, which is fine. And I'm, you know, they can do whatever they want to, but if you're going to put Batman out, at least put a regular Batman alongside of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. And the thing is, like, 
I've already got, like I said, I've got the Affleck Batman, I've got the Dark Knight Returns Batman, and, you know, if this Batman was my only option, then maybe I'd get it just because it's a Batman, but let me ask you this. The one that they showed at San Diego Comic-Con was, like, light blue and gray. Hadn't previous models we'd seen, weren't they black and gray? Is this a color variation, or am I just remembering that wrong? I, I think, I mean, you're definitely right. This one they had in the case definitely looked a lot lighter. And, yeah, it's kind of a weird blue-gray color. And I don't know if that's the lighting or what. But the well, other whatever it was made it look like even worse than I thought it looked before. Yeah, it's it's not great. A weird, so weird, was, weird uh, decision to make. I, I, as yeah. A, and I get that Batman is a character that you want to kind of have a way of refreshing and have a way of, you know, yeah, yeah, eventually we're going to do a standard Batman or eventually we're going to do a rebirth Batman or whatever the case may be. Like you want to kind of hold that back. Toy lines have been doing that for decades. But this this is just an odd decision. I, I would... I would love to have a conversation with somebody that looked at this Batman Ascending or Dark Knight Ascending or whatever it is. I would love to have a conversation with somebody who likes this design and is like enthusiastic about it to find yeah. out exactly what they think is good about it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to find that person. I think so. <laughs> um, the other stuff they showed, they showed the, I think were the final versions of the Ghostbusters who well, they can't. They can't be the final versions because they don't have the tubes on their coveralls. Oh, you're right. They don't have the tubes. They, yet. they haven't put the hoses on yet, which is super, like, such a weird detail to overlook. Yeah, um, I think they look great. Oh, the head and sculpts then, are freaking outstanding. Um, but the other new one they showed Michael Myers, who I mean, I think he's a good looking figure. I just, I don't think I would get him. Um, I have. I already have several really good Michael Myers figures. Um, and I, I just can't, I didn't buy their Frankenstein, even though it looks like pretty much the best Frankenstein ever. Uh, I've got like 20 Frankenstein figures. I just can't justify spending 70. Well, shit, I've seen it on Amazon for 50 bucks now. I just can't justify that. And it's the same thing with this Michael Myers. Like, yeah, sure. It looks great. Uh, the coveralls are a little bit too light for me, but mm -hmm. Man, uh, how many of that design? Because it's a pretty basic design. It's kind of hard to screw up. I don't. I just don't need it. Mm -hmm. And then the final new one they showed was Spider-Man from Homecoming, and uh, I love the colors on it. The blue is really nice, and I wish it was the blue they'd used on the Spider-Man that's coming out next week. Um, but my thing with this Spider-Man Homecoming figure is that it has the more cloth kind of spandexy on the blue and on part of the arms the red is that but then the chest is that that leathery plastic yeah. stuff yeah i and i agree it, well I, to me this figure didn't look finished yeah and i don't think it is um so hopefully that will change that and, and not that i'm gonna get it but and i'll say this on the the standard spider-man that's coming out soon uh, I actually like the darker blue because it harkens back to, you know, originally, yeah. and we, we've talked about this on the show before, you know, the original Spider-Man was black and red. He was not blue. Uh, so I like that that darker blue kind of harkens back to the original Spider-Man design. Uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with a darker blue 
uh, Spider-Man, but I would have liked to see some more variants on that Spider-Man figure. Well, and I don't know. We might get more. I mean, we've got the cosmic or the symbiote Spider-Man is coming out. Yeah, and then um, they did Miles for Comic Con, which yeah, Miles, Miles looks great. Is, yeah, Miles is nice. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I just I really expected a little more from Mezco, but they, you know, they've got a lot already announced. They've got a shit ton of stuff that still hasn't come out. So yeah. So you know, maybe it, they're buying their time a little bit. It's almost nice that they didn't have a new deluge of like new products that are on the way. Yeah, I was really hoping to see a price on Iron Man, but yeah, that yeah. has not come out yet. I I bet he won't top a hundred because he's not gigantic like Darkseid. Um, I, I don't think he'll go over a hundred. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, all right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm exactly there with you. Like there was some stuff that was really cool, but I didn't feel as overwhelmed by Mezco as I have the past couple of years. Yeah. Jay and Josh, any more thoughts about Mezco's one twelve stuff? Still loving it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I still love uh, looking at it when I'm over at your house. I'm glad I'm <laughs> I, I've got within the next two weeks, I have four of them coming, so I've got plenty I, to I know, tide right? me over for a little while. Holy shit! And that's how they've been coming because I I ended up getting uh, what Space Ghost and and two or three others all at this all in the same week, and it it was a little rough. Okay. Uh, so it is back to me, and I have a whole list here of things that I could talk about. And I think what we'll do is I'm going to hit on my last big one, and then maybe we'll do a little turbo round where we just kind of hit on a couple of small, smaller topics or things that I only have one or two lines written about. Uh, but I have to talk about the DC animated uh, DC collectibles. Uh, much like Mezco didn't have an overwhelmingly awesome presentation, but they did have a Joker mobile. <laughs> did you guys all see this thing? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. What the fuck is it from? I don't it's, remember it from anything. Yeah, I didn't recognize it either. I wasn't sure where, where it was coming from. So I looked it up. It is from one that's because episode. You, that's because you're our head of research. <laughs> <laughs> it's in one episode and is on screen for approximately two minutes. <laughs> and you know, for you know, if they had done the Joker mobile, or you know, the one where it's his face on the front of it, well, but, and I don't know if that was ever in the animated series, but I would have bought that. Well, but, but this but weird, is. like, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I see. I'm I'm going through Comic Con because I'm like, all right, I got to do my research because we're recording Sunday night. One of the first things I see is this ludicrous fucking like four seater Joker mobile like Bugat 1920s Bugatti looking thing <laughs> with a big grin and eye because it does have the Joker face yeah. on the front. And I'm like, what is what is that? Where did that come from? And I looked at it, and immediately I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm still feeling some residual annoyance from the Batcave because I want a Batcave playset, but it's way too expensive. And it just, when you look at it, well, Jay had the best line about it in our last episode. Uh, our Toy Fair episode, because 
These figures don't fucking stand up. So if you get this Batcave playset, you're either going to have like Batman and Robin and Nightwing just laying on the floor, or you're going to have these ugly fucking stands just sitting on top of your Batcave. So it's yeah, like limiting the amount of people you can fit right. in the Batcave. Exactly. So like the Batcave, as awesome as it is in theory, in execution is just disappointing. And I'm not paying 150 bucks or whatever they wanted for it, which also pisses me off because it means I don't get Alfred and his turkey dinner. Uh, <laughs> so I'm still a little pissy about that as far as the animated line goes. So now the next big dollar item I see is this Joker mobile that is just complete bullshit that I've never even heard of. But then over the course of the weekend, as I'm looking at Comic-Con things and I can't stop thinking about this Joker mobile, I keep going back to the picture of it that I saved and I'm like, all right, first of all, it lights up. That's a big score in its favor. And it's got four seats in it. You can get four figures in this thing. It's absolutely silly. And like for me, once you've gone full on silly, the toy becomes kind of appealing again. So now I have completely turned around on the Joker mobile <laughs> from hating it at first sight to deciding that I absolutely have to have it. <laughs> All right, so we uh, our pal Josh has a Game of Thrones date that he has to make. <laughs> Josh, before you dip out, where can we find you online and what are you up to? Well, uh, at least for the next couple of months, I'm still doing the Oncoming Storm podcast, so you can just come check us out there if you want to hear us talk about all the Doctor Who stuff that is not televised, so books, comics, audios, all that kind of stuff that we cover. That sounds ominous. Does that mean you're not doing it? Uh, uh, we're we're going on. That? We're going to go on hiatus once we finish the uh, initial run of novels we've been talking about for the last five years. So we've been doing it uh, nonstop over five years, and we feel like we need a little bit of a break. So we're going to go on a little hiatus for a while, an indefinite hiatus until we figure out what we want to do. I I completely understand that. All right, and most importantly, what do you think of the Joker Mobile? Um, I think it looks awesome, but something I'll never be able to afford <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> for all that kind of stuff. Well, Big Bad's already got it up for pre-order for 85 bucks. Well, I mean, if I had the Batwing and the Batcave and the Batmobile and yeah, right, all that right. other stuff, it maybe. would be a must-have. <laughs> yeah, we know right. how that goes. Josh, thank you so much for stopping by tonight and sharing your insights, and uh, we will catch you next time. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Later, man. All right, so... Uh, I think that's probably enough about the Joker Mobile, uh, except that it will never be enough about the Joker Mobile. What do you guys, uh, Ryan and Jay, what do you think about these portrait figures that they're doing? Uh, they've already released the Batman with the multiple head portraits and the different capes. Uh, they're doing Joker and Harley as well. Uh, and these are something that initially I was kind of pissed about. Because they're, as DC Collectibles has done with several of their animated figures, are asking you to buy the same thing again. But I've kind of come back around to where maybe people can't get a hold of the original Batman, and this is a really cool option. Joker and Harley, the same way. Like these, these extra face sculpts are fantastic, and all the accessories that they showed with the Joker and Harley figures are really cool. You know, as you guys are collecting this, what do you think? 
I, you know, I, I've got the original figures. I don't think, you know, they're not something I would probably pick up. But that Harley, you know, comes with the hyenas. I really like the faces that they have with her. Um, I could see maybe picking her up. I well, I like the unmasked head, which they haven't done yet. Uh, the hyenas, they came with the, the new Batman adventures Joker. So I'm actually kind of annoyed, but then they've uh, got the giant, the giant fish head costume that she wore. Um, I, they've done a good job with kind of building them out with the accessories. So I'm, I'm not as opposed to these as I was initially. I don't know. I'm still kind of, yeah, it's just kind of the same feeling I had initially that I already have the figure. I'm not going to buy. Yeah, I, I wish they would have the heads as a separate thing, so you could either you have the option, right, right, or buying the figure and the heads, or buying just the heads, just at the a, head pack. Yeah, and I, I I totally am on board with that. But we've all been collecting toys for basically forty years now, and we know that's just not how toy manufacturers <laughs> work. <laughs> unfortunately, right. what, what I what I want is a lot different than what they want to, and, right. to sell and make money in. So yeah, and uh. Surprisingly, that was pretty much it for the DC animated line, uh, which honestly I'm okay with because I still don't know how I feel about that line. Really, I, I like, yeah, I've definitely cooled down on that line. For yeah, sure. yeah. For the, for, initially, I was super, super excited about it, but you know, with some of the production issues and other other things. It's my excitement's definitely cooled down quite a bit. Yeah, I feel the same way, Ryan. You weren't ever picking these up, were you? Yeah, I have a bunch of them. Oh, do you? Okay, okay. I wasn't. Yeah, sure I like. I really like how they look on the shelf. But yeah, I just I haven't bought many lately, and I've kind of been watching Amazon to try to get like a Bullock <laughs> yeah, and a Clay. Yeah. That's exactly what I've been doing for the last say handful of figures. It's it's not been buying them right out of the gate uh, when they come available like like I was initially. Now it's definitely more of a waiting around, keeping an eye on Amazon, and trying to get them at a discount. Yeah, they're definitely not anything I'm comfortable paying full price for. I've been uh, uh, figuring out the best deal that I can get on them, and and the thing is, you know, if, if here here's the thing, the sticking point for me, if they would just fucking stand up, I would be totally happy with them. Right. Well, I think that's part of the design uh, is a is a problem. Just you know the the stuff it's based on. Uh, the ankles are so tiny. Well, but some of them do stand just fine. I've got, I've got a shelf, let's say I've got a shelf of 30 of them. Three of them won't stand up for shit. The rest are fine. And that, that's what bothers me the most is the consistency or the lack of consistency. All right. Yeah. That too. And I'm, I'm currently staring at my cat woman who has an arm missing from where yeah, it just popped, snapped yeah. off. Uh, all right. We got to wrap this thing up. It is time for the speed round. Very quickly, we're just going to jump on the last couple of topics that I had made notes about. Uh, the first of which, uh, still under the category of DC collectibles, is the fact that they have ended the DC Icons line of uh, six-inch scale, true true 12-scale action figures, and are starting a new thing called DC Essentials. Did you guys see these? Yeah, it, this is the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard of. I mean, the figures themselves look okay, but they're what six and six inches and three quarters or something. They're bigger. Yeah, they're, so, I, I think I think this is a reaction to people's complaints that the icons line were, were so small compared to other DC collectibles figures. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think it, I honestly, I think it was a mistake to abandon the icons line because the few of those that I bought, uh, were absolutely fantastic. And I'll tell you, these essentials to me don't look as good. Well, that's a crazy short line. I mean, that, the line was only around for what, a year, maybe two tops? Yeah. And I, I think they didn't make more than a couple dozen figures, if that. Uh, but the ones that I have, I got Batman, Dead Man, uh, a couple others maybe. And they're, they're some of the best action figures I own. And it looks like they're changing some. It, this Essentials line looks like it's sort of taking cues from some of the Japanese lines, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. And I, I don't know how I feel about the aesthetics on them. Well, I guess we'll see how it does. But I, as of right now, I don't plan on buying any of these at all. No. Uh, all right, DC animated features. Real quick, we already know about Gotham by Gaslight, which I'm very excited about. Uh, they also announced a Suicide Squad feature, which I'm a little confused about the continuity because the claim was this will be part of the Batman and Son continuity. But I, I watched Assault on Arkham, and to me, that felt like part of the Batman and Son continuity. And I think even had, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy that's been voicing Batman in all of those, I think it was even the same guy voicing Batman. But I, I the, this apparently is more focusing on the origin of Suicide Squad and Amanda Waller and how all that went down. Uh, to me, the big announcement was a two-part death and return of Superman feature. Did you guys hear about this? I did. Yeah. It's more like comic accurate, I guess. That's uh, what they were yeah, saying. Yeah, because Doomsday, uh, I, I've tried to watch that one a few times and just couldn't get into it. Uh, I, I don't know if it was the quality, the voice acting, something about it always bothered me. Uh, but I'm very excited to see Death and Return of Superman done in the same format that they did uh, Dark Knight Returns with a two-part where they can really tell you know, the first part is the story of the death. The second part is going to be uh, the Superman, Reign of the Superman. Uh, I'm very interested in this. I'm very – more than anything else, I'm interested in seeing the voice cast. I would love to see Tim Daly uh, return as Superman because to me – They've never had a better voice for animated Superman than him. Yeah, no, he was perfect. So it would be good. Uh, it was kind of kind of like with Mark Hamill coming back with the Joker. You know, it's kind of like the perfect casting um, coming back for the newer movies. And then uh, finally, uh, well, is there any, any other thoughts, Ryan? Did you have any more thoughts about how they would do that or how it might fit into the animated universe? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's Death of Superman. I'll watch it. I did like they announced they're going to uh, do a giant box set of every movie they've done so far. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so I I definitely – I probably only own four or five of them, so I could see that might be something I would get. I've, I would say I've got most of them. I'm not missing more than two or three. So I, I wouldn't go for a box set, but there are a couple that, like, I need to pick up the Blu-ray of Wonder Woman because we've got it on DVD. And it's like there's a note when you're dealing with animation, uh, I have found that there's a noticeable difference in quality when you go from DVD to Blu-ray. It's usually worth it. I would love to see, um, oh shoot, what's the Darwin Cook? New Frontier. Uh, New, New Frontier. I would love to see New Frontier on Blu-ray, and I don't know if they've done it yet or not, but we've got the DVD, and I would love to see a, a crisper, clearer version. All right, and our final topic that I don't think we hit on yet, and you guys can correct me if we did, is the Captain Marvel movie. I know we talked about it before the call, 
but I don't think we've talked about it while we've been recording. What the fuck, Wait. you guys? Yeah, I, I don't know much of anything about this. I, I didn't know anything about it until uh, you uh, told me before the call. So what's the uh, scoop? <laughs> All right, Ryan, do you want to nail this one? Yeah, so the Captain Marvel movie is going to be set in the 90s. Um, Nick Fury is going to be the co-star, and he has both eyes, and the Skrulls are the bad guys. Which the Skrulls so, were prop- – I mean they were part of the Fantastic Four deal for Fox, right? Well, nobody really ever knew. I mean, people assumed they were because well, that's how, when, that's why I thought the Chitari were in Avengers. Right, that's what I thought right. too. That's what people assumed, but I, you know, who knows what's going on with Marvel and Fox right now? Well, and honestly, um, the the Chitari really weren't a stand-in for Scrolls because they didn't they didn't have any of the qualities that Scrolls have. Yeah, they were just kind of a generic, yeah, you know, yeah, alien bad guy, aliens, yeah. One of the things that's confusing about too, and and now I'm not so sure, is Marvel has kind of said several times that Captain Marvel's origin is going to change and may not be directly related to the Kree anymore. But then, how are you going to have you know if you're going to do that and then have the scrolls of the bad guys? It doesn't make much sense. Um, and I kind of wonder, or I guess what everybody's trying to figure out now too, is so you have this Captain Marvel movie set in the 90s, and the costume looks great. Um, but is she going to show up in Infinity War 2, whatever it's going to be called, and she'll As be old? 50 years old? Yeah. Well, no. Well, maybe it's, it's she doesn't age or something. Kind of like And that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking is, is this is a scenario where – I've seen a lot of people online kind of getting all antsy about it. Uh, but Marvel no come on, Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Marvel's cinematic universe is pretty solid. Like, I'm not worried about any continuity gaps. It's not like she's just going to show up and they're not going to have any kind of storyline in place. There, there are multiple options for, because one, one of the complaints I saw is, well, why has Nick Fury never mentioned her? Because Nick Fury is a fucking secretive man. He doesn't uh, now, tell right. anybody anything. But have you seen, they pointed out, though, in, oh, God, I can't remember which Iron Man it is. But I, it might have been at the, the it credits. It was Iron Man or, 2 where he says, do you think you're the only superhero running around? Yeah. So, I mean, they've established that, yeah, there was people before Iron Man. Yeah. Well, obviously Captain America. But, yeah, he's well, interacting Ant-Man. with them. The original, the Michael Douglas Ant-Man. We, yeah. we yeah. already yeah, know he was, was active. So th- this this is a non-problem. There are so many different ways they can wiggle around Carol uh, being around, and honestly, I think the most obvious is that whatever happens in the '90s, she ends up going out to outer space, and is just gone for 20 years. And as far as not aging, I mean, that's she's a super being, whatever. Yeah. So I mean, I'm looking forward to. It. I like Captain Marvel. We'll see how it how it goes. See, um, it's funny for me because I know Carol Danvers mostly from X Men comics. That's me too, and, where it's Rogue having the flashbacks. Yes, to, yes. Uh, and stealing much, her identity. Much less so from the modern uh, Carol, which apparently is a good thing because from what I've been reading, because I don't, I don't read Marvel comics now because they sound awful, but I do follow along. Like I, I read recaps and stuff, and apparently they've turned Carol into this horrible, horrible person over the past couple of years. <laughs> well, it was terrible because when Kelly Sue DeConnick took her over, 
I mean, she made Captain Marvel great, like a fully rounded character, awesome, went really well for a few years. And then when the Civil War II garbage started, I mean, they just ruined the character. I mean, it's one of those ones like they did to Tony Stark in the first Civil War. Right, right. And that's exactly what I've heard is is that for some reason they felt the need to assassinate this great character. Yeah. So hopefully they'll turn around. I mean, I think the Carol we're going to see in the movie is probably more of the Kelly Sue DeConnick version of the character. With, oh, yeah. You well, know. you know, I mean, that's what that's what the MCU does is they take the best elements of the characters and they kind of distill them down and give us, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking to, I mean, that Ragnarok trailer was amazing. Um did you see the, um, the Infinity War trailer? Was really good. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Uh, Jay, I know you sent a link, but obviously we can't stop the podcast to watch it. Uh, as soon as we're done, I'll check it out. I watched it without sound while you guys were uh, rambling on about something or another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. And speaking of making good decisions, guys, I think it's time to to wrap this thing up. We've had an excellent San Diego Comic-Con 2017 talk. I think we've looked at some of the coolest stuff that happened this year. Uh, Ryan, once again, I will implore you to someday write <laughs> another review of a Star Wars black figure. <laughs> One day. It's One day. I, if you can get your hands on uh, Ray and Luke. <laughs> if I when when my grand on will throw on Comic Con box set shows up, you that is when I'll son of a bitch. And uh, uh, Jay, where can we find you online? And what are you up to? Have you got any festivals coming up or anything? Uh, it's a little slow right now, but you can always find me at bluegrintmonkey dot com. Um, just uh, with the summer and the kids and uh, the whatnot. Um, not not a whole lot going on. I think the next uh, festival will be, I think, Eastland Strut uh, here next month. Very cool. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on and recapping San Diego Comic-Con, which none of us could be at. And uh, we will talk to you again sooner than later. Thanks for having us. Thanks, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest who has dropped by for a special segment because no Comic-Con coverage would be complete without talking about, you guessed it, Masters of the Universe with our pal, Mr. Bo Brown. Welcome back to the show. Greetings, friends. It's a pleasure to be here, Phantom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it, and I appreciate. I like being able to devote a little a little time just for you and the Masters. Aww. Thanks. So let, let's well, go ahead. Let's go ahead and start with what we were just talking about when we decided. Oh shit! We should just go ahead and start recording. <laughs> there's that. I am ready to talk about Super Seven because there, there's, there's actually a lot. Before we started talking, I said, "Well, there wasn't much," but I wasn't thinking about all of the different ranges that they showed. I was just thinking about sort of the base classics figures, right? What we think of as classics, yeah. Yeah, but there's there's oh so much more. But let's. Uh, well, you know what? Real quick, so, close out. I want classics to be sort of the bulk of the conversation, so let's get these sure. out of the way. Uh, what do you think of these vintage-style filmation figures? I have all the ones that have come out so far. No, no, um, no. I'm talking about the ones, the, the 5-inch. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the vintage figures. Um, I, mean, I, 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 I love really them. love the idea. I love the idea. I don't think I will buy into them. Um, I think that the idea that you can get characters in the vintage style 
that were never released or that were weren't released the right way is wonderful. I think that I'm so deep into classics now. Yeah, yeah. That personally, I just can't. If I start that, I'm in. Right. Yeah. There's no picking up like one character because once you've right. got there's one no in your hands, to pick up one. Yeah. Um. And right now, my 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 display collection is classics. I like having the muscles. I like having the dorbs on my desk. I like, I love having that little battle cat on my desk at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love the, I love some of the, uh, the, 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 uh, what are the blind bag ones? Oh, uh, the loyal subjects. Yeah. I liked some of those loyal subject ones, but then it just became nothing but repaints and I, I got, yeah, very that, that get old quick. Yeah, I got rolled really quick. Um, and I have some and I like them. I like, I like picking them up when I see them, uh, you know, on my mantle. They're, they're, they're cute, but they're, I'm not. They're fun to play with, but not fun to collect. No, they're not. They're too much work to collect. They're too expensive to collect. I don't want, I, you know, I, I got the ones that I felt like I really wanted and I'm done. Um, it's mostly just like chase figures and, you know. Uh, yeah. It's collectible card. I mean, it's magic. Oh, look! It's the it's the eighth repaint of Evil Lynn. Great. Right. I'm yeah. So I'm I'm done with that. Um. But but I think that there's a you know like I I love the muscles. I like playing. You know the muscles to me are one of the main fun of them is bringing out the vintage castle with my son and playing muscles on the castle. Yeah, who who really feel like the castle's really big, you know, um, <laughs> kind of thing, and you know, and so I like having the different scales, uh, and 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 I can appreciate that. But as far as the the vintage re-releases go, we, we're getting, um, you know, a uh, 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 filmation Hordak that we never got. We're getting a vintage Shira in the style of the old vintage He-Man, not the vintage Shira figures, but the vintage He-Man figures. Right, she's actually got so more in the line hair. of like Tila and Evil. Like if if Shira had been released with Tila and Evil in with the plastic hair, yeah. Um, and I think that's great. I I'm not I'm not in on them. Well, the biggest um, the biggest thing to me because I I would totally pick these up as a novelty, but you know they're not going to be just like ten bucks a piece. Right. And the shipping, as we both learned today, <laughs> Super 7 shipping is about as bad as Digital River's shipping. Well, the fact that they, the fact that the, the only option that you have is like. Two day priority mail. Two day? Yeah. No, give me, give me the month. I don't care. Right. How much is the shipping I, that gets I, it to me in a month from now? I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't Just, care when it gets here. Just charge me six bucks to ship it. Yeah, I don't want to pay $16 to get them here two days from now. Yeah. I'm perfectly content paying less money on shipping to get them to me at some point in the future. What what you know? I did notice here uh, when we sat down to start recording and I started pulling up all my reference images here is that these 5-inch vintage-style figures have hinged ball joint legs as opposed to the old rubber band legs. Right. Uh, which is a very smart decision, I think. Yeah, and I'm curious to. I I, I would like to get one in hand just to see how those, that works. Well, whenever um, they if if they do any version of Trapjaw, I will be buying that. So. Right, right. 
But yeah, I, I really dig these. Uh, if they were, even if they were going to be like 15 a piece, if I felt like the shipping was going to be reasonable, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be really tempted. I love Skeletor's head. I mean, that these are, to me, if, if the toys had looked like this when I was a kid, I think I might have actually been more into the line. Right. Because the discrepancies between the toys and the cartoon was always something that bothered me a little bit, even though mm-hmm. the toys technically looked better than the cartoon. Right. Well, and that's and that's the idea behind that line, and I'm 100% behind it. I think that it's that it's totally worthwhile to explore that idea. Um I just am so deep into classics now that yeah, yeah. you know, I just can't I just can't justify both. Um, All right, so those are cool. We dig them, but they're they're probably a pass. But uh then we move on. Well, do you want to talk real quick about the Heroes Con? Exclusives. I mean, we already know what they are, but they had better. People. We pretty much already talked about them. Um, well, when you mean Heroes Con, you mean PowerCon exclusives? Uh, PowerCon, yeah, yeah, Heroes yeah. Con exclusives. I, mean, we, I think we talked I find, about. Those I feel on like a... that's unlikely. Yeah, we talked about them. We just got a better look at them. Uh, Heman.org yeah. has some really, really great pictures of these, and uh, the the whatever the nudie Adam is looks insane. Is that it's, even uh, Adam mini with comic Adam? Who is mini, it? mini comic Adam? Okay, yeah, he he looks completely nuts. I'm telling you, I want that Abiza three pack, man. I'm getting both of them. Um, I'm, you know, they're 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 great figures. Uh, I'm happy to have them as as I am. I'm I'm in classics, like so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting them. But uh, and and before we get into the actual uh, classics reveals from Super Seven, I want to mention real quick that the final versions of Super 7's Ultimate figures were on display as well. And, yes. I, and I've seen some really nice pictures online of those in hand. And they look fantastic. Faker in particular, I kind of wish I'd ordered yeah. a Faker. Um, the, the colors just seem very, very vibrant. Uh, they just look really nice. And, and Faker and Tila are the ones, because I've got a Tila, but I'm really curious to know if the Super 7 version has the same wonky head as, as the one that I've got. Well, they've never, I mean, you know, as many Tila's as we've, we've gotten over the years, they've never really nailed, you know, they've never really gotten it right. Um, I was going to say nailed her, and I realized as I was saying <laughs> it, that was inappropriate. We, we've gotten I really trouble. feel like they've never gotten we, her, we've they've gotten never really kind of portrayed her as a character correctly. Yes, there you go. Would go. be the appropriate way to say that. Yes. Um, so that's what I want to say. They, they, we've never really gotten a Tila figure that really, you know, felt right. Um, and, and I think that, I hope that, uh, I'd love to get one of those ultimates in hand, uh, the Tila ultimates and, and, and to see it. Um, cause yeah, I mean, all my Tila's fall short. I mean, I, I they look, they look okay on the shelf from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, from a distance. But they, but they don't stand the test of, of in hand at all. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that that was one of the ones they chose. And I think there's a couple of other, uh, characters that could get the ultimate treatment, but it kind of sounded from what I heard that, you know, the ultimates were really just more of a bridge. Right. Um, and not like, uh, something they were planning on continuing. Well, I think depending on how what we're getting ready to discuss does, you know, Super 7, I feel like is probably going to pay a little closer attention. Uh, well, not closer attention. I think they're going to pay attention to what the fans' feedback is. 
because this is such a fan focused line, you know, it is all pre-orders there, you know, yeah. that you, you order them and then they get made and then that's all. So I, I think they will be paying close attention. So if there's demand for ultimate versions of specific characters, then, then I think it'll happen. But I think the second wave is more them displaying the variety that they're willing uh, to produce. So let's let's start talking about this. Who do you want to talk? Yeah, you know who we got to talk about first, since we already talked about him last week. We got to talk. We got to talk about the fact that we were lamenting the absence of Karg. That's right from the line, we uh, and and lo and behold, there's the universe delivered us Karg. <laughs> um, so so the Karg. It seems like they they obviously found a way around the licensing issue. And this version of Karg comes from the, uh, I think it's the He-Man magazine that had comics in it. Really? Uh, yeah, it's not movie Karg. No, his it's hair definitely is a different not. Color, his face is a different color. Well, armor, everything. I mean, the, the everything's a different color. But the sculpt, the sculpt is on point. I mean, the sculpt yes. looks like Karg. Yes. But the paint is apparently just different enough for them to skirt. The whole licensing issue uh, that they were only able to do figures that were released as figures, which Karg was not, but they some they seem to have managed to found a loophole that allows them to do Karg in these colors and say it's not movie Karg, right? It's it's this mini it's this mini comic or, or He Man magazine Karg. That we do have the license to, because we do have the license to the comics and the and, and the magazine. So hooray, we got Karg. Well, and what would be really fantastic because Super Seven is is known for getting the most out of their molds and doing repaints, uh, particularly right. with like the reaction figures and the worst. They've they've already done three or four different color variations on the worst. I think it would be really funny if somehow by calling it a, a variant or a new colorway, they could do like a shadow Karg. That just mm. happened to have white hair and black armor, and right. and could justify it by saying, "Well, no, this is just an alternate version of a figure we've already produced." <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I'm thrilled. I, even if the colors aren't right, uh, th- this is a must-have for me. I, and it, you I, know, I and dive it's, into this you know, it looks exactly the sculpt sculpt-wise. It totally fits in with Guild War. It totally fits in with Blade. It totally fits in with. Um, Sarad, uh, you know, I mean, he he, it's got that hyper detail that that those other movie figures pretty much have. Yeah, and, and the colors aren't so off that it doesn't feel like Karg. Well, the thing is, anybody who hasn't watched the movie in the last five or so years, sure, uh, or the last week or so, yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> right. Like if you'd put this in front of me before we sat down and did that commentary, I would have been like, oh look, it's Karg, cool. And exactly. then we would have watched the movie, and I'd have been like, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, he's much more pasty than that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm I'm thrilled that they found a way to do it. Um, you know, and I'm going to hold out for my uh, you know mini comic Lubick. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be wonderful. And, <laughs> but, but I want if they if, Lubick. if they could ever do a Lubick, I would want him in his like toga. Oh, I don't know, man. I th- I think I'd need him in his detective outfit. I would love the. I'd, I'd buy you both. Know, they found you know. I'd, I'd buy the like a a drape over toga. I, you know what? Here's uh, what they would have to do. They would have to do Lubick like they did Marlena. Marlena and have two different bodies. Yes. Yeah. That that's it. That's the only answer. <laughs> that's the only way. All right. right. What's next? 
So what's next? So with um, so we talked about cards. So we'll go to the cla- We'll go to classics. Okay. Um, and the other figures that were on display were Rap Trap and Dilemug. Um, there were supposed to be four figures, and I noticed on a card uh, that was one of the display cards. It was not on display, and I haven't seen any pictures of it. Apparently, it wasn't on display at uh, San Diego. But uh, Granita was listed as the fourth figure in the wave, um, who is the the female Rock Warrior character. Oh, okay. So, okay. so we'll 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 see if I, I mean I anticipate she'll be exactly like the other Rock Warriors. Um, but as far as the polls go, which the classics the the classics figures that that we are getting. Are, that lineup is being heavily influenced by the polls that were on He Man Adorg over many many years. You know, she was Granita was always a you know in that sort of B level because you know we're at the B and C level, if not D level, you know, once now because right, we haven't right. gotten so much. Um, so the the wave does not surprise me. It's uh, Dilemug, who's a filmation character from Shira. Who is a completely hundred percent? There is not a single speck of reused parts on this guy. Well, um, no. I, what what is even going on? What is Dialamug even from? Dialamug is from Filmation Shira. But I mean, what? What? Well, he's Horde, obviously. But yeah, what, he's a, he's what a member of the Horde. Was Was it in multiple episodes? Was it? Yeah, really. Yeah, he was a he was a Shira Horde villain. Um, his his gimmick is that his face spins around. Uh, to put it in perspective for you, Jester from the Puppet Master films. Gotcha. Okay. So he's like many faces, but instead of changing his whole face, he could change his eye, his eyes, his nose, and his mouth. Um, that's why his that's what dial a mug meant was right. literally like, dial, dial a face a mug. Yeah, I literally. Guess. So um, so the question is, and it's a beautiful figure. Um, it's so unique. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, he's uh, as my as my puppeteer colleague Keith said, he's the bastard child of Arnim Zola, and um, uh, see, that's what I think when I look at him. Right. He's he's the he, if the horde had an Arnim Zola, Arnim Zola and Manny faces got it on exactly. Um, so, w- looking at the figure, my. My gut tells me that you can take the top off and or or even just within within the figure with your finger on the face spin it looks like there's three sections there's the eyes the nose and the mouth and that you could theoretically spin them to create different facial expressions well if you go to toyark.com mm-hmm. and look at their photos it looks like because they've got a good shot of him from the top with all these crazy. Uh, it's these like sort of um, tubes. Like yeah, a, yeah, like light like tube vacuum type tube thing. Kind of. Yeah, vacuum tube. That's what I'm trying to think yeah. of. Um, or cathode light light ray cathode tubes. Yes, is that a good, thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it looks like that little panel comes off, pops out. Yeah. And now I, like I haven't right. watched. I haven't watched. Um, uh, the the Pixel Dan walkthrough yet because I just haven't had time. But he gets his hands on them. And, oh, okay. And we'll, that that will probably answer that question. I just hadn't had time to watch it before uh, before the the podcast um, before the, before the recording. So 
so yeah, so we've got we've got Dialamug, we've got Karg, uh, then we've got Granita, who we haven't seen, and then we've got Raptrap. Now, Raptrap is a Horde character that's interesting now. So we're getting two Horde members, which is pretty nuts. It's, it's a little surprising because they yeah. well, I mean, we don't have a precedent for Super Seven yet, but Maddie always tried to sort of uh, fa- you know be even between the factions, right? Well, I think you know, and, and and I think that with the 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 PowerCon exclusives, you didn't get any horde in that, so maybe that was the balance. Um, but it's also just like, hey, who's still out there? And and Raptrap is our concept figure character from all this. So we've got you know Karg from the movie. We've got Dialmug, which is effectively a filmation character. You've got um, Granita, who uh, I believe. Is just a fil- is a filmation character. I think she was a, a character on the show, um, or maybe the mini comics or something, because she never had a figure. Um, she did not have a vintage figure, so that's that must be where that comes from. Uh, but so Rap Trap is the horde, which is what's known in the original concept art as the horde mummy, which so I as- I find absolutely delightful and. If they're doing this character, it, it, I hold out hope that they're going to do the concept character with the insane giant spiked soccer ball and the giant foot. Oh yeah, from the from the uh, the gigantic book that Dark Horse did. The big the big book, yeah. Uh, I I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Horde Mummy. I you know in in so many ways the Horde was based after the classic Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got your your werewolf with Grizzlor, you've got your vampire with Hordak. Um, you know, and and Leech to have was kind of a yeah, Leech was creature creature type yeah, deal. They were these, they were horror. They were, I mean, they were the horde. They were horror type characters, and so um, to to have the horde mummy, and then to give him the name Rap Trap, which is such a He Man character name, I'm totally fine with it. See, I didn't uh, know until just now that he even had a name. I thought he was just the horde mummy. Well, in, I think in the original art, in the original concept art, he was just the Horde Mummy. Okay. And they came up with the name Rap Trap which is as a more traditional He-Man type name for him, which works great. Now, I don't think he has any sort of action feature that traps anybody. It looks like he comes with a Egyptian-style Horde crossbow and a sort of sword, uh, is what I saw on the floor in front of him. Um, but... I'm totally down. I, I love the concept art in the big book when I saw it, and he's actually one of the concept art figures that I've always pulled for and wanted just because I'm a big fan of the Horde, and um, he looks great. He looks awesome. Yeah, he, he looks really like does. A horse I mean, like, he's exactly what it says on the, the box, well, right? That, like, the face in particular, like, the, the way that they did the eyes, it, mm-hmm. it just, I, just I, I love this one, and this is another must-have for me. So that wraps up uh, classics. Then we move into Club Grayskull. Now, um, oh, so wait a minute. So, Dialamug is considered classics. Correct. Huh. He's now not why, Club Grayskull. Now, why is that? Why wouldn't he be filmmate? Or I guess Grayskull, like like the others we're getting ready to talk about. Well, I think that I think that the real the real focus of Club Grayskull, and I think this is the right way to go is to bring you characters that you pretty much already have. Oh, okay. Realized in the filmation style. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Whereas classics, you know, part of the goal of classics was let's make everybody. 
right? And and there were filmation characters in and there the were classics filmation characters line. Who never got vintage figures. Okay, that totally makes sense. So this is Dilemma getting the figure he never got, whereas we we had a vintage tongue lasher figure who did not look like the filmation tongue lasher. Right. So now that we've got our our classics tongue lasher. We're getting our tongue lasher as he appeared on the show. Because the so, two cannot be reconciled into a single figure. Not a bit, not a bit. And <laughs> he, he comes, and some characters, you know, took very different, you know, um, like if you look at tongue lasher, he's representing the horde. He's got a big old bat. Oh, that's interesting. Is that correct? Yes. Oh. Right? Because the snake men were more of, uh, the snake men weren't on the show. The Snake Men were a figures thing. Interesting. The the figures that we did get, right? There weren't. Um, so was Tongue Lash were on Shira. Uh, in, in, sorry, in the cartoon, you never got. Sorry, uh, I think I mixed that up. So you never got the whole, the the Snake Men on the show. So, but you did get Tongue Lasher, and he was a member of the Horde on the show on Shira. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Now wasn't that now there's was another Snake Man, right? Cobra Con was uh, Cobra uh, Con. Cobra Con, I, yeah, I believe Cobra Con was on the show. He was just one of Skeletor's buttholes, though, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. He was an evil warrior. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, we've got that straightened uh, out. So, tongue so we that straightened sure. out. So, so the point of Club Grayskull is to give you the figures as they looked on the on film in the Inflammation show. Um, usually when they are vastly different from the figure that you got, right, right, in your hand. So but sometimes, sorceress, but sometimes gr- just because they just look cooler animated. Yeah. Uh, so we got the sorceress, who you know a lot of people weren't terribly thrilled with the way the sorceress's wings worked uh, in in the original classics release. Um, so we're getting a more Filmation version of the Sorceress. I have not watched the video. I don't know how she works as far as those wings go. Um, but she, I think she looks, you know, she looks like our, our Sorceress that we know and love from the show. Yeah, she looks tremendous. And I, it looks like the wings might just be a single piece that just pops off. And if that's pops the off, case, off. that's would be fine. fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, then we have Tongue Lasher who looks vastly different than, than he looked in his figure release. Um, uh, with a big horde emblem on and and a big old long tongue that comes out, my my guess is that he'll probably come with two heads, like the like the old like the right. old classics one. Right, right. And then we had Merman in his filmation look, who I love. He looks so good. Yeah, they really nailed it. Now my question is, and I haven't really found it, but waves are supposed to be four figures, and we know that Granita is the figure they did not show from classics. So I haven't seen anything that shows me who the fourth oh. uh, Club Grayskull figure is. Huh. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have that info. Um, if you were a betting man, do you even have a guess as to? I, I don't. I really don't. Um, yeah, I, I just think that I needed. I need to go through the gallery and and find that same sort of placard. Right. Um, and see who, who see who it was. Uh, I, I didn't have enough time to. I, I didn't have enough time to do my homework. Have um, they done an animated Duncan yet? 
don't yeah, think he's, he's yeah, he's in he's in the next wave that's already oh. been released. Yeah. Oh, okay, that. okay. Yeah. Because he would he would be a great one, but if they've yeah. done him, then um, so the, so those are the cl- the actual like proper what we consider classics figures. Um, do you want to jump back to the other like t-shirts and and other stuff that 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 Super Seven did, or do you want to? Nah, I don't think we need to hit sure. on the the peripheral stuff. Uh, mainly, I wanted to just talk about the toys, which I think we've yeah. done. I think we have. Yeah, so I'm 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 down. I mean, I, I think they're great. I mean, it's worth now. The way that these new the that Super Seven works is you have to buy into the entire four figure wave. Um, you can't cherry pick like you used to. Uh, oh, really? So, I didn't realize. I knew you had to buy them in advance, but I didn't know you had to buy the entire wave. Yeah, well, that's my understanding. I don't I don't think you can get them. Um, they're made to order, and I think you pretty much have to just buy the four figure wave, and that's it. So, I mean, what I've seen is enough to, to have me buy in, for sure. It's going to uh, depend for me on... Well, you know what? I, I would be happy having... Uh, like, Dial-A-Mug is, is too insane to not get. It's so weird. Uh, the Horde Mummy and Karg, I definitely want. So, Granita, whatever Granita looks like, I'll, well, I'll my, probably... Well, my anticipation is that she'll look exactly like the, you know... Right. They'll just reuse a shitload of parts on her and, and give her... A different paid job, but a, a new chest and a new. She'll, well, she'll have. She's a female character, so no, she'll have. Oh, actually, it'll be interesting to see how she pans out. Well, um, I mean, they'll do this. They'll they'll build out some some feet, and they'll make a rocky boob armor. Well, I don't know because I mean the old ones worked. You know the original, not the old ones, but the the classics versions of the Rock Warriors worked. I mean they had clip on. Oh uh, wait, this whole time I've been thinking not of uh, Stonedar and Rock on, but of uh, the Horde Rock guy. Oh no, the, this is Stonedar and Rock on. Yeah. Oh, I am significantly less interested in Granita now. Uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> No, Damn she's it, not though. a bad guy. She's the good. She's the good female uh, comet warrior. That's a tough sell. Um, Maybe they'll offer these individually. Uh, I hope. Uh, we'll see. But uh, but no. Otherwise, it was a great showing. There was lots of other cool He-Man stuff that Super Seven did that that I paid for today, um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to getting. And I, I think that for, you know from what I've seen, uh, I, I like. I like everything that Super Seven's doing with it, and I'm happy with the classics figures. You know, the the strip the strip down, you know, four figure. You know, we're basically getting what um, eight figures a year, if that even. I mean, you know, we're getting four. We're getting four filmation or four Club Grayskull, four classics. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's know, about eight uh, a year. I'm I'm okay with that. It's definitely easier on my bank account. Um, I'm still getting the characters that I want, uh, so I'm I'm happy, you know. Well, and that makes me happy. Bo, thank you for coming on and talking oh. about Masters of the Universe at San Diego Comic Con, and uh, I wonder if maybe we'll see uh, Granita and whatever the other whatever the other fourth figure are at maybe New York Comic Con in October. My anticipation is that we'll get them at PowerCon. Oh, you think? Well, yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'll get them at PowerCon, which is in in September, shortly after DragonCon, which is why I will never, ever be able to go to the freaking He-Man convention. (laughs) (sighs) All right, man. Well, thanks for dropping by and talking about Masters of the Universe once again. My pleasure. Good Good journey. journey. (laughs) There it is.
Big thanks to head of research Ryan Belligerent Monkey J. Josh Wilson of the Oncoming Storm podcast, and of course, our pal, Mr. Bo Brown, for coming out and talking San Diego Comic-Con. So, as I mentioned in the opening, uh, it is time to start preparing for Dragon Con. Well, it's been time for a while. I've been preparing for a while, but it's it's now like things are, are really having to start to come together, which means I am searching for things for the game show online, and that's not just pictures that are inappropriate for public viewing of any kind, but also just music. I, I like to look for uh, peppy, poppy music to use during some of our inter- interstitial stuff, and it has led me down these really weird YouTube rabbit holes of bizarre EDM, I think it is, electronic dance music, right? Because... I'll find a song, I'll be like, oh, this is interesting, and I'll leave it on while I'm doing something else to see if it sort of catches in my head. And YouTube now works like a playlist where a string of, it seems like, decreasingly related videos will play. And I've heard some weird music lately, you guys. Uh, nothing as good as Lasexoflex, which you can find at Lasexoflex.com, and who provided the music that you're hearing right now, a track called Procrastibate, which is the most perfect track ever for your pal Phantom Troublemaker. Uh, but yeah, just uh, lots of weird music out there. Things are coming together for Dragon Con. You'll be hearing all about it in the coming weeks. And next week kicks off our Dragon Con coverage. Things are going to be a little different this year, though. I'm trying to broaden the appeal just a bit. So we're not just talking about what's happening at Dragon Con. You'll find out. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.